What's happening, weirdos? Uh, first of all, apologies for the terrible audio quality on this intro. Here's Val. Hi. Who is it? <laughs> I'm recording an intro. Oh. <laughs> so it's it's lots of people. This is Tony Hale. Um, I just want to plug Largo coming up. I, I said the wrong date last time. September 21st is the show that's going to be just me and Bill Burr. But regardless of when you're listening to this episode, I do a monthly stand-up show at Largo. So whatever month you'd like to come, tickets are at Largo. You're what gonna do what this are you doing? Okay. I know I have 11 minutes. <laughs> It's going to be quick. She didn't hear that. Largo-LA.com. It's not going to be 11 minutes. It's going to be so fast. I don't do ads on the podcast. I only promote things that I actually use and love. So if you want to show your support of this always free show, uh, buy a Pete's Pick. The first Pete's Pick is Cachava. Cachava is an incredible superfood drink mix that has incredible amounts of plant-based protein. It has superfoods. It has super fruits. It has super veggies. It's basically a meal in a pill that tastes good enough that you can just add to water, shake it up, and boom, it keeps you full for hours. I didn't know when I started drinking cachava that a lot of people buy it for weight loss and as a meal replacement. I buy it because it gets me high, basically. It has so many wonderful, hard-to-find nutrients, especially when I'm traveling. It's hard for me to eat healthy, and I know a lot of people are trying to figure out how can I eat more plants, things like flax, chia. That's how I get my omega fatty acids. I don't, as I always say, I don't get it from a random barrel of strange fish that they press until oil comes out. I like getting it from plants. Boom, it's in cachava. 24 grams of protein. Boom, it's in cachava. But the thing that makes this stand out from other types of, uh, you know, plant-based protein things, that's not even what it is. It's a superfood drink uh, that's incredible. And what makes it stand out is that it actually tastes amazing. It's got cacao in there, uh, or you can get the vanilla flavored. I like a scoop of each. tastes like an Oreo. And it has coconut nectar, which is a low glycemic sweetener, which makes it creamy and delicious. So go to Kachava, K-A-C-H-A-V-A dot com slash weird and get 10%. Oh, I'm sorry, 20% off and show your support of the show. The original Pete's Pick, as you know, is Charlotte's Web Hemp Oil. Charlotte's Web Hemp Oil is CBD oil, meaning it is made from the hemp plant, but they use science to remove the THC. THC is obviously what gets gets you stoned uh, when you eat hemp or smoke hemp, Uh, but they take that out and leave the body and brain beneficial CBD, which is a wonderful, for me, speaking anecdotally, it's a, anecdotally, it's a wonderful anxiety reducer. It's a wonderful mood elevator. Helps me ease and flow into whatever it is I'm doing. I love it when I'm traveling. I love it when I'm working. It doesn't fog your mind in the way that uh, obviously THC does. In fact, it helps me relax and, and like I said, ease and work and flow with whatever it is I'm doing. So I love it when I'm working. I love it when I'm stressed. It's a wonderful stress management tool for me. It's not an intoxicant. You can still focus. You can still uh, shine. Dare I say shine? There's Katie. She's waving at us with Baby Lee. Our wonderful nanny, Katie. Of Instagram's sex underscore is underscore weird. 
underscore wonderful Instagram. Uh, anyway, the best way to try CBD oil, Stanley Brothers, by the way, are the only CBD company that I know that grow their hemp for human consumption. They don't just buy mass amounts of random hemp. This part's going to be a bag. This part's going to be for humans. This is only for human consumption. It's grown medical quality and it's grown in Denver. So this is, we know the source, we know the company, and it's grown for this purpose exclusively. It's the only CBD that I know of that is that can say that. It the best way to get to know it is to try it. It is hard to describe, but wonderful. So go to cwhemp.com/weird and use promo code KeepItCrispy19. Show your support of the show and see how you like it and see how it makes you feel. I swear by it and love it. That's it. See Val. Four minutes twenty five seconds. Wow. Good job. See you at Largo. Oh, 800poundgorillarecords.com slash Pete Holmes if you want to buy my exclusive secret LP that I'm only plugging on this podcast. In the meantime, hope to see you at one of the stand-up shows and enjoy Tony Hale. It's going to be under five minutes. Val, say get into it. Get into it. Yeah. People guess that that's my grandpa. That's Ramdas. Do you know who Ramdas is? That's weird. His quote was above the bathroom, yeah. Can I? I'm not hearing myself. I'm not hearing myself. I'm not hearing myself. Not hearing myself. Not hearing myself. There I am. Thank you. Yeah, man, I use that song. Are you going to get one? <laughs> that guy. Are you going to get one, man? Yes. The guy with the Tesla. I love it. You going to get one? A Tesla? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You going to get one? Or are you going to get a sauna? Oh, a sauna. Yeah. Um, I don't have a Tesla. <laughs> I, uh, my, my wife has one. A Tesla? I feel guilty. I a Tesla? A Tesla. I, I feel too Tesla. guilty to have one. No, I was thinking. About, I was thinking about it because my friend uses it, and she says that she really likes it. I don't really understand the purpose, doesn't it? Well, it's boring, but I'm almost done. It elevates your heart rate, so it's it is technically cardio, and you're just sitting there. So that's what I like. Do about you sweat? It. You sweat your balls off. So do you feel hot? Because there's something about like people you don't feel hot. It's not like that. It, it, like a infra- This is boring. Infrared sun is heat you up. It doesn't heat the air up. Mm-hmm. So it's not actually hot in there. Like it's, actually, it's sort of cooking you. But it's, it's, it's uh, better in that way that it doesn't, it's not as unpleasant as being in a very, very, very hot room as much as you're just like sort of sweating. I love okay. it. You do love it. I do. Well, you know what my problem is? I wonder how you are. It's hard for me to say... No to food? Yes. Me too. (laughs) You are fun. It's hard for me to say no to food. Well, that's one thing. I'm full, like, quantity over quality. You just just get it in you. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, I used to love drinking so much. So, like, the the act of drinking. Yeah. And I thought I was like, I'm going to have a drinking problem (laughs) because I just love drinking. And you're that Mm -hmm. way with food, is what you're saying? I like a... Just get it in you? I like a cruise buffet. Like, I like like really... There's just something about the access to a lot of food that I makes me happy. I like a food court, I all that stuff. If I, whenever people say things like that, I'm like, I wonder if we're like something in us psychically was like mm. in a depraved. Like, because when people are like, oh, people from World War II or the Great Depression, they, they like hold on to things mm. and they hoard foods and stuff. Like, what is going on with you and me? <laughs> Cut to my house and there's just bags of Cheetos stuffed <laughs> in some. <laughs> in the, I mean, why aren't we insulating houses with Cheetos? Thank you. Or cotton candy. It looks like cotton candy. It does look like cotton it candy. It could be cotton candy. And if you elect me... <laughs> oh, wow, Pete. 
That's going to happen. It will be cotton candy. I will say, I think it's, because um, I don't have a memory as a kid thinking, oh, I don't have enough. But yeah. I don't know if it's like eight years of being acting in New York and just never knowing where the next gig comes from. And there's that yeah. kind of like, when you're at someone's party, you're like, I, I should take these yeah. chips home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim Gavigan has that bit where he's like, you ever see that vat of bacon? And you're like, I'm just going to take that into the stairwell. <laughs> it's those I think we all have that. I have that. I'm surprised that I don't equate food more with love. In fact, with our daughter, when she cries and stuff, I very quickly give her food. I'm like, I don't want to mm-hmm. passively, or that's pretty actively, be teaching her that when you're upset, you should eat. Mm-hmm. But I'm surprised that I don't think food is love more. Because in my family, not to be too dark right off the bat, when it. things were tense, chow down to brown town. <laughs> I don't know what brown town means. Just like fudge. It w- it w- fudge in my butt is what I'm saying. Like I would eat so much it would sedate me. And like it mm. was this reliable, like as human beings, we're so into guaranteed experiences. Mm-hmm. That's why like subtlety is so lost on us mm-hmm. often. Yeah. And food is one of those things. It's like eat this, feel this, experience it. And when you have sugar, talk about instant, buddy, just joy. I know. It's <laughs> and, fucking nuts. And when you're anxious or whatever, there is a buzz you get. I know. You know? But like everything, you chase it. Like everything, oh. you chase it. And it's it's yes. never the same. I, I've been having a couple of weeks off, and <laughs> I said this to Chris. I've been smoking a little bit of weed. Not That's a ton. True. Yeah. But every time I do it, I go, this isn't what it was. Mm-hmm. Like there's one out of 30 Coffee mm. will do it. Sugar will do mm-hmm. it. Weed will do it. I don't drink anymore, but booze would do it. Mm-hmm. And every time we're hoping that that 30-sided die lands <laughs> bliss up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the tw- other 29 other times, we're just like, better look next time. Like, but we don't stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't go for a jog, which I'm pretty sure makes you feel good every time. Yeah. We're just like, I'm going to keep riding out Oreos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And my thing is like, somebody like, hey, you want a piece of chocolate? Sure. Cut to five McFlurries later. I you know, can't. it's like, you're it's like that, me. It's that thing of like, I don't, I don't want to start because I know me, it'll, not him. it'll Sorry. just, no. Sorry, Tony. I love it. I just can't hear myself and sure. it sounds, I hear you. Like I'm projecting so you hear me. Can you hear yourself? I can hear you so well. I'm so sorry. We're on McFlurries. We're not going to lose the thread. Please. You're we a trained improviser. <laughs> Hold on to it. Now now it sounds baked out. It's just going to be bad. It's okay. Just turn Will it you, back. Let's get it, it right. Do you want to get it right? No, you're sweet. No. <laughs> Are you like that? You like doing things right? I Well, I like the other person to feel like you're they fun. feel good. You're a pleaser. I'm a people pleaser. I'm a pleaser, too. Yeah. You mentioned that about my baby not being a people pleaser. And I went, oh, Tony's a people pleaser. Yes, I'm a people pleaser. I Only love... people who are people pleasers would notice that someone else is not pleasing it's people. It's that thing where babies, I love that age, when they're young, brilliant toddler thing, they just have no concern of yeah. the reaction they're getting or what they're doing. They're just there. Whether they're pleasing somebody else. Pure presence. Yeah, pure, pure presence. presence. We're going to get into religion later, but I think we're similar and I was, do you know who Richard Rohr is? Mm-hmm. I was uh, interviewed him for this podcast, and he, oh, his wow. dog was there. Uh, the dog Venus, who died, unfortunately. Oh, I know. Oh. He dedicated uh, his last book to Venus, which is so oh. sweet. I just, we're, we were just doing the Enneagram. Get out. What are you? Wait. What? I was going to say. Two. I was going to say you're two. Yeah. Just based on. I'm still, I mean, I'm, I'm very still, bad at guessing. I'm still learning, but I, my wife is a nine, and I'm a two. My wife's a nine. Really? Mary a nine. Are you a two? I'm a three. I, I think I, I go to three. three way. Wait, <laughs> we have three ways to make me feel better with a I lot of sugar. Ways. Three ways with sugar. 
But what, one is like, we don't have to talk about this if you don't want to, but it's like... Are you shitting me? <laughs> you just stepped in one of my favorite things. Just so people listening, this is the Enneagram, which is the Richard Rohr endorsed, like, yeah. old, 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 old personality test. Yeah. Some people think it's thousands of years old, mm-hmm. or a thousand years, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Old, 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 old. And a two is the helper, and the three yeah. is the achiever, and yes. the nine, I don't remember what the nine is, but it's like, the nine is just sort of like... I think there's components of, it's like weird, like there's components of everything. Everybody has everything. Yeah. It's important. But there's, I know, um, we're, we're literally just in the middle of it now, but I know in health, I go to a one where I can kind of, in a good place, I'll be like, I can notice something's wrong and I'm a good problem solver. Well, that's solver. when you were asking about my mic levels. Yeah. I, I was, that's before health, I knew you were Because I feel really the... regulated right now. <laughs> when I don't feel regulated, I go to three, which yeah. is, which is, I feel the need to achieve to make myself feel yeah. better. That's, that, there's these, there's this album, it's called Sleep No More. You have to listen to it. Mm, this I've guy who's going to do the podcast. I, I, I'm forgetting his name. I want to say it's Ryan. I feel like an it's, asshole. He's a he's a musical. It's a musical. He's in Chicago. He's he's coming to LA. He's going to do this. It's called Sleep No More. Yes, it's an album. Mm-hmm. And when you listen to your numbers song, it's an Enneagram album. It's an Enneagram album. Oh, and when wow. I I can just think of the three song and I start crying. Uh, I love I love that you said that I I <laughs> it, I love that because there are certain there right are to certain, your core. there's certain music that I it, it, it can play I, of course I can't think of one on top of the head but if it's like if it comes on Jeff I Buckley Hallelujah makes me cry every time I could be it's a Kyle Kinane bit he has a bit about being in Trader Joe's and they start playing like yeah. Glory Days or something yeah. and he starts crying mine is there's a there's a uh, a worship song uh, and the words are You Are My Joy uh-huh. and I just like. Uh, Which know, one is it. that? It's, we grew uh, up I just, maybe similar. Uh, he's a, he's a um, what is his name? I forgot. I, I don't just, know. I just call a guy Ryan, who's not a Ryan. <laughs> so you're uh, in good it's company. Chris Christian. Chris Christian. No. Christian uh, Christian. That's a Christian funny Christian. name. Um, I can't think of his name. But, um, it doesn't anyways, matter. It doesn't matter. But you you uh, it's a good way into your heart is music. Music is. I my wife. I am much more emotional and she's much more, she experiences life and God or spiritual things through well, intelligence. The two is the, is the, is the heart, and space. heart, heart, two, space. three and four is her heart. And the nine, I think she's is, a lot more analytical, a lot more. She loves to read. I'm not a big reader. Yeah. Um, I know I, that about you. But like, <laughs> but like, I know it feels weird that this is the very first time we've met actually. Since I think since this podcast started, people have been like, you got to get Tony on because we talk about God stuff. Oh, yeah. And we're in the farts. Yeah. <laughs> I love, this is what I love about you, Pete, because I've heard your podcast many times and I can tell when you're about to start laughing because you have this guttural like. Yeah, it's like it a, just, it, you're, you're somebody just, clogged up a geyser. It's Yosemite. so endearing. Well, it's it my favorite. Endearing. It's my favorite. Podcast Pete is my favorite Pete. <laughs> Who's your favorite Pete? Set Tony. You love being. You like when you're working with. Friends? I do. I I, I do. That was I, a guess. Uh, First of all, in touch that you've listened favorite. to the podcast and that you know sets, and I felt the same. <laughs> oh, good, good, yeah. good. Well, yeah, that yeah. makes me feel having value that you feel like you have. Value. That's your three side. That's good. I'm just yeah. kidding. Um, what is my favorite Tony? I think when I'm listening to somebody else's stuff. Really? I, I enjoy, have you uh, uh, you know the love languages obviously too? Yeah, sure. Let's get into and them. my and mine is words. Words. So words are very very important to me. Yeah. And and my wife's is service. You would be a Val and I knock words out of the fucking. Is hers part. words too? 
I don't know because we sync so well that we've never had to be like, okay, when I took the trash out, like I need you to know that that's yeah. me saying I love you. Like we're just getting it. Like the, the oh yeah, ball so hers is it might yellow. be service. No, no, no. That whatever it is, it's working. Mm. Like it happens. That's like great. she definitely likes that. But like language is super important. To yeah, you. and even it's so. You'd think maybe we say it too much, but we'll just be like, you're my favorite person. It's like a very yeah, important... Yeah, yeah. And threes, back to the Enneagram, mm-hmm. need the one person that they can be completely vulnerable and completely themselves with. Mm. I like being vulnerable. That's not a problem for me. I like mm. to think I'm a converted three. But uh, uh, my <laughs> yeah. dad is a three, and he does not get that from my mom. And okay. I will say that on the record. <laughs> like oh, he yeah, comes yeah. home, and it's like trouble town. So, do you, so words, you do value words. <laughs> I love words. Yeah. I'm totally with you. Because one thing I've really had a hard time with, and you can appreciate this, is in L.A. and Hollywood, words mean nothing. Yeah. And people will say stuff and there's no follow through. And yeah. so I really had to get accustomed to like, hey, that comes and goes. They might say that doesn't mean anything. Because right. when I, I'll never forget, I was on this audition years ago and the director in the middle of it was like, okay, now when I book you, and I was like, oh, well, that's, yeah. I mean, I remember, I think I called my wife immediately. I was like, I think we might need to get daycare in, in Vancouver where we're shooting. I think my I'm, his, Teen Wolf. My, <laughs> I'm, I'm Teen Wolf. I'm Teen Wolf, guys. <laughs> Um, I'm, oh, I'm the quirky side. Michael J. Fox life. on your way out. Yes. I think we need daycare for our baby that's not born yet because it's 1988. <laughs> but it was like it was like uh, Stephen Merchant actually got the job, and um, oh, oh, brilliant, brilliant, and which makes complete sense. But don't say those words, man. Yeah, don't like, do don't. It. That's just, be careful with your words. Can I again? We're going to get to spirituality at the end. Oh, sure, sure. Well, we don't have to. No, no. I I'm apologize. No. Okay. I think you misunderstood. What I'm saying, I'm about to inject a spiritual point here. Oh, okay, great. But don't feel like we have to shoot the whole goose oh, sure, sure. now. I don't know why I'm saying that. I, I like ending it. with the spiritual stuff, but here comes a little tidbit. Okay. The L.A. is a city, and this doesn't sound great, but it's not really that much of a judgment. It just sort of is what it is. Mm-hmm. But it is the manifestation. It's like writ large, the false self. Nothing means anything. Mm. It's all baloney. Mm -hmm. And I think that can actually be a powerful spiritual practice. If you don't buy into it, you kind of see that Mm. it's all a joke. You know what I mean? Mm. You go like, wow, there's Mm -hmm. this great, I quoted it last episode, but Rumi says, I walk through the market, but I'm not a purchaser. You know what I mean? It's Mm. sort of like being in the world, not of the world. Being in such a phony when I book you environment mm. sort of helps you be detached. Do you, is it, are you saying also that it's kind of like learning to be comfortable in the chaos? Learning to be kind of comfortable in the tornado. In the, question. the question for sure. Yeah. That's another. It, I wasn't saying that, but I think you're absolutely right. But it's more like, wow, this is what other religions might call Maya. This is illusion. Yeah. This is nonsense. Like you've won yeah. awards. And I know you felt what it feels like to have the false self, the yeah. ego of Tony Hale mm-hmm. fluffed. And then I, I know, and I obviously I'm not putting you down. I know you felt oh, yeah. how that sizzles away like a wave yeah. getting sucked back into the ocean. And you're like, yeah. like Robin Williams said when he won the Oscar for Goodwill Hunting, like a month later, someone was like, hey, Mork. And he was like, it was a powerful. Oh, yeah. Like, don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah. You're still fucking. And mork. also feeling like an idiot because to, to look and see how much value you put on something knowing that it is fleeting. That's right. You know, it's just a dance. And not that it's not that there isn't joy in it and you, you find it, but Enjoy like. Enjoy it. But Walk like, through the market. Which is its own challenge, but yeah. it's the sense of like, I gave it a, a tremendous amount of value growing up. That's you know? right. 
Yeah. And it's sort of silly beans, but not in a negative way. It's no. just sort of like it's silly beans in the way that everything's silly beans. But it's so clearly silly beans, it can mm-hmm. be liberating to go like, wow, this is silly beans. How many guys is, how many times am I going to say silly beans? Dead serious. <laughs> Dead serious. Well, Tony, when something is silly beans. Oh my God. Some, guys, let's get into silly beans. <laughs> There's a whole conversation about that. You are the king. So you have a McFlurry and you can't stop. (laughs) Well, the McFlurry comes... I love a McFlurry. A. (laughs) B, it it is the end result of... What kind are we getting? Oreo? Oh, oh, no. It has to be M&M. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not... Yeah. That's... (laughs) Now you're pushing buttons. (laughs) Um, But it can start like... I don't know. I'm thinking, you know what? I'm just going to have a little piece of something. And then in my crazy, I'm like, well... I mean, the day, you got to keep the train moving. And so then the end result is going through the drive-thru of McDonald's and getting McFlurry. Wait, what does keep it going? What does that mean? There's something about me having a little, like if I'm trying to cut out sugar, if I'm trying to do this kind of thing, yeah. me saying yes to like a little something is like, well, this whole day, this whole day is... Tony, so I'm gonna just- are you reading the journal <laughs> written in my aorta? Because as soon as, this is why I feel like I'm an addict and I'm not diagnosing you. No. And I continue to use some things that I'm addicted to, sugar being one of them. Sure. If I eat something sugary, I just go, this day, as yeah. if a day is even a thing. Yes. It's yes. just a big red, yeah. and it's just, it's the same with pot. If I smoke a little pot, I go, well, it's a pot day. Yeah. Like the idea <laughs> yeah. of just being like, you can just have a little. Yeah. And tomorrow's the fresh start. That's right. It's thing. a yes. new, it's a redemption. Yes. Yes. yes new yes. every morning. Yeah. The mercies are new every Great morning. Great is uh, your faithfulness. I was in Africa on a mission trip and I saw this African man. I had never seen like a spiritual man. Hmm. Did you find it was harder to find like a spiritual Maybe it was because my dad wasn't very spiritual. Mm. And here was this like man and he sang Great is Thy Faithfulness and he sang it with such earnestness mm. that it like burned yeah. into my mind. Yeah. You have you are my joy. Great is your your faithfulness. Yeah. And I was like the way he said new every morning, I was like, This motherfucker means it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that's yeah, us. Yeah. That's us getting up and going. Yes. And All right. is, the thing is like with everything there is some truth. To every, sure, there is truth absolutely. to kind of a fresh start and new mercies, but I can my crazy I can justify behavior by using well, that. You know, you can't help it. Mm-hmm. Every night we die. Mm-hmm. Every morning we're born again. Yeah, and it's just, and you feel it's built into our psychology. It's built into our rhythms. Mm-hmm. You go today, new day. But Chelsea uh, Peretti told me that's classic addict behavior. Is if you get like yeah. real fucked up. And then the next yeah. day you're on the treadmill and you're yeah. like, it's a new day, baby. Yeah. That made me think of, of um, this is now turning into like a UCB monologue. That made me think of. I love of, it. I'm going to do a montage. <laughs> the lazy man's herald. That made me think of uh, when you said like the death and the morning. You know, I was just talking like how hospitals are such spiritual portals where it's like. Oh my God. People, the in and the out. Yeah. Like die and then new babies. <laughs> yes. It's like. We don't. I don't think about how much that building, a building of a hospital, is just like this crazy Lord of the Rings like portal. You are so fun. You know, I have a bit about that kind of where I say we watch Stranger Things. Remember the first season of Stranger? Did you watch Stranger Things? I watched halfway through. Tony, and I, well, hold, on, hold on, hold on. I, I'm just kidding. I, I don't I, care. Uh, no, I mean, I, I should have. Tony, I, I, God, I didn't realize I was going to receive such judgment. <laughs> Get in the sauna. Get in the sauna. <laughs> Clothes on. Burn from the inside. 
We're cooking um, you like a I turkey. did like it, and then I just I, that's a, maybe this is like my sugar addict kind of thing. If I'm not, if I stop with that kind of habit, whatever, and then I just forget about it, and it never finishes. I don't know what that is. You I know get what I'm that. Saying? It's no, like it's like a book. Like I'll be really crazy about it for three chapters. I'll miss a few days, and then I will never pick up that book again. I used to never finish books, and I wondered if I had abandonment issues because if you finish it, it leaves you. Oh, welcome. Maybe to the you, couch. You, <laughs> this is my hard-hitting podcast, The Couch. This is the first episode. Today's the day I find out I have massive abandonment Well, issues. I think you and I probably just have the luxury of asking those questions. Like, my father, you mm. call it, like, navel-gazing. Like, I don't think he did a lot of that. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I never finish books. Am I afraid of... And, and even mm. the food is love thing. Mm-hmm. But anyway, in Stranger Things, yeah. these aliens... This is not a spoiler. Aliens or demons or whatever, they come into the world... By way of like an organic material, like a goopy black thing growing on a tree, looks mm. very vaginal, mm-hmm. and then the aliens kind of pour out of this portal, and we're all watching like, wow, science fiction. I'm like, that's not science. That's what's happening. Vaginas yeah. are organic material. Yeah, that life comes out of. It's yeah. fucking insane. It's this cra- world is insane. It's crazy, and also that the fact that babies are being born and we've gotten so accustomed to this everyday miracle yeah. is crazy. Yeah, and the simple fact that we're spinning on a planet, buddy. You know, and what did you ast- just walk into me? <laughs> and an asteroid has not hit us. You know, I know that we're not out somewhere. But you forget, what about something that we don't know about? Like, the fact that we're not just like, there could be right. a mega asteroid. Right. That seems like Trump's re-election strategy. And I don't want to go there. I'm just saying, like, that seems like something you'd be like, the mega asteroid is coming. Yeah. I'm the only right. one that knows the trajectory. Right. Like, that seems like we're floating in, in fucking space. nothing. And the fact that I'm talking to you and moving my toe right now. I know. And, all, and, I, also, and I just Tony, naturally think wanna... about it. That's crazy. Also, you're thinking things here and yeah. you hear what you're saying yes. first a yes. split second before you think it and sometimes i'm talking so you'll take what you're gonna say and you'll put it in a little holding area yeah. so you're listening but over here like yep. a little thought cloud you'll go that's what i'm gonna say next yep. and then through clicks clacks and there's like i think there's 11 sounds the mouth can make you take the complexity of your emotions and your feelings and you compress them into those mouth sounds yeah it's a wonder that anything that we do anything because yeah. everything's a Miracle. And the fact that we, in addition Fucking to nuts. that, while talking, that you can bring emotion and compassion into those words to help maybe somebody else. That's like, right. It's like, that is nuts. And this that's is where, why, yep. and not to get too spiritual, but I, many times in life when people are like, that's crazy. That's crazy. I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, we're ignoring the crazy that we've just gotten used to. Have you... My last stand-up special, I say, people say it, afterlife makes no sense. And I go, you're right. You know what else doesn't make sense? Oh, my gosh. This. <laughs> oh, I, go, I, I, I could die and anything could happen. Oh. And I'd go, that makes about as much sense as the conundrum that yeah. none of us asked for, that we all just woke up in. Yeah. And I'm fucking tired of acting like it's normal yeah. and going, what kind of shoes are those? Yeah. What kind of shoes are those? Yeah. Next point. Yes. You say, so we're spinning at 8,000 miles roughly at the equator. We're going mm. around the sun at, at something in the dozens, tens of thousands of miles per hour. But here's the thing. You can't feel it. Mm-mm. That's my, that's my whole, again, we're just going to sprinkle God in whenever we feel like it. That's my whole thing about God is that like, Beliefs are one thing. You can believe that we're spinning Mm -hmm. at the equator and around the sun. And the solar system itself is also moving. Mm -hmm. It's moving. Everything's moving, but you can't feel it. 
Same as it goes with religious beliefs. I don't really care that you believe that the earth is rotating or this or that. I want to feel it. Like mm. we're interested in what we feel. So your beliefs, your ideologies, and your religious practices might all be like, oh, this checks out. We can take it to Religion H in our block and audit it and mm-hmm. be like, it checks out. Ideologically, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's sound. I don't really care. And I don't think really Jesus cares. I think he wants you to merge. <laughs> you got me into it. You got me into it, Tony. No, and I even... Do you know what I'm saying? I do. I, I think I do. I, I, I think you, your brain... I got excited. I love that you guys, but you're this is you're very gifted, you're and you're you're get you're out of no here. listen, you're very intelligent. Can and I have one of your Emmys? The way, but the way that you put words, <laughs> I what you just said, I'm the kind of person where I would need to really. It takes me. A, That's a, what that 15 back button is for, baby. But it takes me. Yeah. <laughs> It takes me a day to read like C.S. Lewis's *Mere Christianity*. Like it's just, it's just that kind of sense. Like my mind doesn't process that quick. I'm but I do. Yeah. But I do know if I think if this is what you're saying about experiencing God. Um, uh, oh shit! I had it and I lost it. Never mind. Keep talking. No, we're gonna find that thought. Okay. I was talking about feeling it versus oh believing it and you were like i read slowly it might take me a long time to understand what you're saying um well i think just the kind of experience of it all there are no fractions um i don't know when you said merge (laughs) i can't i can't really describe how i merge with god i can't i can't lay it in textbooks i can't i it's it's not a a beautiful mind thing where things just makes complete sense right it is an experiential um connection that i have of knowing he's with me that's precisely my point okay a feeling (laughs) well then i grab something maybe yes you know you got it right on the money it's like a personal the way you experience the world that could be called a feeling too. You're mm-hmm. yeah. you're experiencing it. You're merging with it, and your ability to describe it isn't as important as as, as the experience. And I used to have a, in all honesty, I used to have a lot of anxiety about um, somebody uh, questioning faith and not being able to defend it in the most perfect, intelligent kind of a thing. Um, and can but, I just join you in that? Yes. When you were coming, and I was like, "Well, Tony's a." There's all this stuff about you and Christianity on the on the uh, web, and I was uh, like, "What if Tony is just like I believe this and this, and he, he's really rigid, and then I can't compassionately and lovingly express my side? Like I have debate anxiety. I'm not interested in debating. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Sucks to debate. And Richard Rohr and all the greats. Uh, what? Who did you think that was on the wall? Oh, yeah, I thought it was John Cleese. John Cleese on the wall. <laughs> Ram Dass. All these guys are like. Debate isn't really winning debates yeah. is an ego trip. Yeah. Feeling like I convinced you and I mm. communicated and I turned you into me. Yeah. Like I was talking about mythology and um the Bible being metaphoric in parts mm-hmm. and people got they yeah. were like well, I saw on Twitter people were sort of debating whether or not the resurrection of Christ was mm-hmm. metaphorical. And we don't mm-hmm. have to talk about that. Sure. But I was like, I wanted to tweet. If I were to tweet to that, I'd say, is all of this thinking bringing us any no. closer to the present moment, no. which is where the kingdom is right yeah. fucking now? Yeah. Like, is all of this sort of like, well, if he if he believes this part's a metaphor, but not this part, if he thinks the resurrection's a myth, yeah. we got a big... <laughs> problem someone said and i was like oh, i want you to that you, voice more and more <laughs> are you there now 
yeah, as you're yeah, saying yeah. that, as you're getting heated, yeah. as you're worrying about whether or not I'm threatening your group or if I'm in your group or if yeah. I'm representing your group or yeah. if I'm out of your group, yeah. are you there? Or did all of that thinking take you out of the thoughtless, transrational perfection? And, and is it building bridges? Right. I mean, is it is it really building connections? And it's not. Right. At least from my experience, it's, and, it's and not. And it's not even l- intellectual bridges, just like emotional unspeakable bridges the uh big lesson and I, if you can appreciate this, big lebowski the big lebowski that i'm dealing with right now is um just is the powerlessness of it all mm. is is really resting in um i, I mean I, as a people pleaser i want I, for many years i thought i could really control how people see me i could control someone's perspective of me yeah and my you know whatever i'm putting off into the world i am so powerless to how somebody perceives me how somebody perceives my faith yeah and just trying to live in authenticity and that's all i can do you yeah know? but it's really 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 hard i think that's what old richie Rohr says is the most important thing about spirituality and he's a christian he's like his patience and humility Mm. so humility is you saying i'm powerless patience is waiting for transformations that are beyond our control to occur because he makes this beautiful point that inside us too because it's like that's the only place i'm saying oh oh, i say oh i thought you meant like transformation so okay only uh in us yes 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 yes, because 95 percent of our behavior is happening in a in a sub perceptual level yeah in a it's like um it's thoughtless. It's instinctual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's based on your past. It's based yeah. on all these yeah. prejudices that you're carrying around. So you, if you want a transformation, it's going to be out of your control. So mm-hmm. he keeps pointing you to the idea of um, faith not being something where you believe unbelievable things. He's like, your beliefs aren't that important as much as an openness. He's like, faith is an openness and a willingness to let something truly remarkable happen. Mm-hmm. Thomas Merton talks about that. So if we're talking about a renewal of our spirit... Mm. You can't seduce freedom itself to come into you. Mm-mm. It's freedom. Mm-mm. And there's going to be, <laughs> when you get something or you hear something, there's probably a season of confusion. And that's, you know, and then over time, there might be some kind of um, seeping into your spirit or, seep, yeah, your, or, that's or, right. or a renewed understanding. And what do you, what's your part in that? Willingness. Willingness. He goes, prolonged willingness mm-hmm. is all you really need to do. Have you heard that thing also about... Um, a, a faith without doubt is like the body without antibodies. I love that. You know, and it's like if you don't allow yourself to question, then um, when stuff does hit, you there is a defense. You're kind of left defenseless. The whole list. point, faith without doubt is so stupid to me. Mm-hmm. Blind faith or just like mm-hmm. black and white, I'm in, it's over, mm-hmm. which is what I was sold. Uh, again, Richard yeah, Gore sure. says like, Doubt is such an important part of mm-hmm. the process throughout. Mm-hmm. That's why when Mother Teresa came out that she had all those letters where she doubted the existence of God. Mm-hmm. This is a big Love story that. in the 90s. I know. And everyone was like, some saint. Mm-hmm. Breaking news. Just Mother Teresa. Yeah. Some saint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having doubts. Yeah. Guys. The whole thing is up, down, yeah. ebb, flow. It's also ignoring, it's ignoring your own humanity. To point the finger and said, how could that have it? It's right. like, you're not doing yourself any favors because God knows what's going on in your mind. Give yourself you the grace need of to, need that. Exactly. And you need to be authentic. Yeah. And you need to be real. And, and that's why I, I think even in my book, I say, like, I might disagree with myself, like, later down the road. It's, mm. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. This isn't set in stone. That, yeah, that made me think of... Um, this therapist I was working with, because I did a lot with um, cognitive behavioral therapy with uh-huh. my anxiety. 
And just kind of for years, I felt like I was such a victim to my thoughts and emotions and all this kind of stuff. And it was just like, oh, God, you just feel like you're dying. And he kind of taught me a lot about kind of setting outside of yourself and like watching it like cars on a highway. And there's oh, there's that mm-hmm. thought, there's that feeling. And one big thing was uh, when I walk into a situation, because mm-hmm. um, many t- this is a bad example, but if I'm doing something and I care too much about it, I would have guilt. And if I didn't care enough about it, I'd have guilt. You know, it's, it's like if I cared too much about how can you care about something that's so fleeting? And if I didn't care enough about, oh, you're not counting your blessings. You know, it's like yeah. you had guilt both ways. And he says, you can walk into a situation, you can say, I care and I don't care. That's it means it. everything to me and it means nothing to me. That's, I can agree and I can disagree. These things can coexist. That's the thir- that's third know? way thinking. Yeah. That's exactly Which right. Is, by the way, very easy to say. Not easy to live out, Completely. but trying to get into that exercise. That's a good point out. It's good to point out that it's a trap to go, that's third way thinking. Moving on. <laughs> it's no, a constant it's, practice to stay in the is. tension, yeah. as Richard says. Yeah. Uh, Ramdas on the wall, um, is like, he goes, I'll give you um, vitally precious if you also take empty. Like, you need to have, like, both. It's Ugh. empty and it's precious. You need to have both. Isn't it great when something is said and that feeling of rest you get in your body? Yeah. It's like, oh, that really sits well. I know. I love that. I love it more than anything. Yeah. I'm so privileged and I'm glad that you're with me on this to have had like more than one thing that makes me come alive. Comedy and performing was mm-hmm. like sort of my first thing. Mm-hmm. I'm still super dupes into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> super dupes, silly beans. And then to find this thing in, in the sort of the second half of my life to mm-hmm. be like, uh, and I don't mean mm. chronologically. I just mean like mm. developmentally. I'm like, mm-hmm. now I can hear something like that and go like, oh, yeah. 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 I, there's something else verbally, too, for me. Like the it's, language. The language. Because yeah. it's reading it or just, I mean, I'll, it will hit me. But when somebody says it to me, there's like a, that's, oh, it's like speaking words into you, which is lovely. That's totally right. Like hearing music as opposed to yeah. sheet music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read Be Here Now, which is Ram Dass's book, and mm-hmm. I was like, what? Oh, he wrote... Oh, mm-hmm. now I'm clicking. Okay, sorry, yeah. And then I listened to him speak, and I was like, this dude's fucking on mm-hmm. fire! And the book did nothing for me except confuse me. Mm-hmm. So speaking of anxiety, I was thinking about this. This is Eckhart Tolle, because I have all sorts of things internally that I wish weren't happening. Mm-hmm. And it's one thing to depersonalize, and and I I practice this myself, is to go like, it's okay, Mm. I'm the witnessing presence, Mm. sees the anxiety. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that I kind of left out of my book is also having that compassion of allowing it, of of Mm. not resisting it. Because he's always like, it's insane to resist what's happening. Mm. So there's anxiety, you can witness it, but you can also sort of honor it, if mm. that makes sense. Mm. And then when you sort of welcome it in mm. and have tea with it, mm. it loses its its urgency. It likes that yeah. you're pushing it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it has you. Like you're pushing it like a boulder. Mm. And if you stop pushing it, it's going to roll over you. And if you keep pushing it, it's going to tire you out. Mm. But there's a way to just kind of be with the boulder and not push it or let it roll over you mm. so it's like allowing it and also realizing it's not you it's sort of this two-pronged thing yeah there's, there's so many years kind of uh wanting to cut it out of you yeah and and there, i was there's another thing this guy was teaching me about like if i if my daughter came up to me and said my daughter's 13 now but when she was little she to, the, to this what does she vape <laughs> She vaped. <laughs> oh god that's I, of course that's a hard spiral not to run down that news i know she does not but um if she came up to me and said hey dad i'm feeling 
anxious, I'm feeling overwhelmed, da da da. I'd be like, oh, honey, it's it's going to be okay, and I'm with you, and da da da. But we don't talk to ourselves that way. And he was like, if you can get to a practice of speaking to yourself as though you how you do to your daughter. That's what Val says to me all the time. Yeah. She goes, Pete, this is your inner child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'll get really worked up about other people making noise. We were on vacation mm. and someone was playing oh. their. They put a. It was a these like little huts on the water. It was this real splurge. We hadn't been on vacation for a long time. Mm. And so there was this other little hut next to us. Mm. It was pretty high-end vacation. Mm. The, the reason I'm mentioning that is because it's so quiet. I think yeah. people go for the quiet. Yeah. This is a place where you can see the stars. Mm-hmm. It's dead quiet, mm. and we love it. If someone jumps in the water, everyone at the hotel knows. Like It's just sort of like someone swimming. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. It's my perfect place. Someone put a uh, Bose speaker on their, not in their house, their little room, on the deck. Yeah. Playing music for everyone, presumably. Yeah. yeah. And it was nice music. It wasn't like it was like asshole, whatever, loud, yeah. like, turn down for what? It wasn't yeah. like that. <laughs> it was like sort of like yeah. some Pandora chill station. Yeah, I yeah, get yeah. it. Yeah. But I overreact. And Eckhart Tolle is like, whenever you overreact, it's mm. like a clue that there's a lot. There's a lot going on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Val goes, like, you just need to talk to your inner child. My parents fought a lot when I was a kid, so Mm. noise, I'm sensitive to noise. Yeah, yeah. She goes, just go, Pete, like, little Pete, picture him and go, it's going to make me cry. I'm like, sure. it's not your parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it's bad... We'll leave. We'll go to the. We'll go to dinner. We'll, yeah, yeah, or yeah. you have earphones. It's not a personal attack, and you're safe, and we're yeah. going to figure it out. And it's also it's okay if it doesn't. I can speak for myself. Yeah, it's okay if it doesn't match this narrative of how you're thinking this should go. That's right. And that's my own big control. I'm like, a huge control. Like I want. I want to walk away from this having had this experience. That's me. And life, as we all know, goes many different directions. And I, and I have to go. You know what? That's going to turn. And this whole thing of like, um, uh, somebody was talking about like you're you're on a raft on the river, and you have to let the river take you where it takes you, rather than grabbing constantly grabbing Can hold of the side. Can I just say? Today, Val, we say this Eckhart Tolle quote all the time. He goes, resisting what is happening is absolute lunacy. Mm. It's not just stupid. Mm-hmm. It's actually insane, mm-hmm. especially if you can't change it. Yeah. A better example with the music, you could call and complain, and there are people sure, that do sure, that. Sure, I, sure, I, sure. I, I go the other route, which is way more destructive to me, is I start having this f- story in my head where I'm like, what if I put my... Yeah. What if I put my speaker out there? Yeah. yeah. Can we all listen to music? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to ask what music yeah. I like? Yeah. <laughs> this is my vacation. You see how yeah. you build the suffering. Oh, yeah. You make a story of totally how it should build be. build the suffering. And then it's like, or you can just go, this is what's happening. Yeah. Let the ri- I love what you just said. Let the river take you. But to resist whatever is happening. Like yeah. A better example I was going to say is how your parents are. Mm. Yep. They're doing what they do in the mm. same way that a tree, you like the quote over my toilet, leans this way to get the light. My mom is being kind of bitchy to this waiter because yeah. that's how she learned to get love and attention. And that's also okay. And resisting it yeah. is crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's crazy. Just be yeah. in the do boat. you also go to like, I paid a lot of money for this. Of like it's, it's that. It's See, that's, you're good at it. It's that. I'm really good at it. And I, I could love go, to build you know, the suffering. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we might as well have gone to the Marriott. You know, yeah. it's like that kind of yeah. crazy. You start going like, this hotel, this is one of my thoughts, this hotel, when they check you in, should go, and just so you know, 
part of the experience is respecting your neighbors. <laughs> like they should but also to make your point. You- <laughs> if somebody had said, I wonder if this would help have helped you. And not that this they should. They have to do this. But if if somebody almost would have said, "Hey, there's a possibility that your neighbors might be doing something or playing something that is going to bleed. you're going to bleed." And there's something about the expectation, like changing my expectation of what could happen might have helped if that were to have happened. You're so right. I can't exactly remember what the example is, but like when we go into situations Mm -hmm. with the expectation that it could happen and then it happens, it's different than having the expectation that's going to be dead silent. But it's so weird. Like for some reason it's okay like fireworks it's okay because it's the 4th of July mm-hmm. is is like a good example of yeah. how we go like it's okay or the day of the week there was a night same resort um i heard like really loud bass so much that it was moving our thing mm-hmm. and i was like what the fuck is this so that time i it was like 11 o'clock on a mm-hmm. friday we were going to bed at like 8:30 cuz we were in the middle of nowhere and it was yeah. beautiful so i was i just called and was like Hey, I was very cool about it. I'm mm-hmm. not a I'm not a temper person. Yeah, yeah. Just like is that is that the restaurant? Like what's going on? Like the the it's going like yeah, while yeah, I'm on yeah. the phone. Yeah. And she goes, "It's the main island." Like uh on the weekend sometimes. And I hung up and I slept like a baby even though the mm. bass was playing because it wasn't this is like I know this is an unrelatable example cuz it's like a fancy resort no. vacation. But that applies in everything. Yeah. I immediately gave my psyche the okay yeah. to relax because the story changed. Yeah, and that's not a free you had person. No control over that's that. right. That's yeah. right. As opposed to going like, "It's one of my neighbors. You tell yeah. them to shut yeah. the fuck up." Or if you guys have a wedding party next door, you guys have control to say something. That's right. Would help. Which, by the way, still I'm powerless to that. But if it's a, an off island, I can't control that. That's so right. it's like then I can rest. But if I feel like a truly free person mm-hmm. would just go like, nothing is in my control. Yeah, and what is happening is what's happening. And you could, in your mm. brain, without even making effort, just go like, that's what is. I had a dream once where I could hear my neighbors. It was a lucid dream. And I could hear my neighbors playing their stereo. And in the dream, I tripped out on the fact that I knew I was dreaming. Mm. Yet I could hear a muffled song coming through the floorboards and I was like, wow, that sounds exactly like a song. <laughs> like I, I couldn't believe mm-hmm. to put it in a non-dream way, I couldn't believe that's what right now sounded like. Mm. You're just like, whoa, this is yeah. this is live. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, I yeah. think some really dipped in interesting groovy people are just like, far out. This is what this is what now sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Instead yeah. of going, does this now sound like how I imagine yes. this now? Yes, yes. Or like, there's a lot to do. Let's not focus on that now. Yeah. You know, there's a lot more what I deem important things to think about. Rather, you know, it's That's like, what right. are you doing, Tony? Like, why not just sit in the now with that yeah, person? I forgot you know? your name was Tony. It was like good comedy name. <laughs> Tony's a good comedy name. It is. Hey, Tony. Because I ha- I'm I, laughing. I changed it in middle school from Anthony. Good for you. And I'm I. Just w- <laughs> And I wish I hadn't. I like the name Anthony. I don't know. There's just I don't. Anthony I do like, I do like the name Tony, but it's like Anthony just kind of has like a did you do fun I, ring to it? I went with Pete because Pete's more of a funny name. It's a funny guy name. Wait, was it Peter? Yeah, Tony's here. Yeah, Tony yeah. brought queso dip. <laughs> Anthony's here. Anthony brought a okay. subpoena. 
Oh, really? Yeah, we don't want Anthony. Anthony and Tam. Anthony feels quirkier than like a Tony to me. Now, but when we were kids, when we were kids Tony absolutely. was quirkier. Oh, yeah, yeah. Back when Bart was or just the lead cooler. of the Simpsons. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Bartholomew, if you had a, a rascal on a show, you'd name him Bartholomew. I have a question for you. <laughs> I'm going to answer it. You're such a man of thought. Please. You really are. You're just Get so... Get out of you, here, Anthony. No, but listen, you really are so articulate and such a man of thought, and, and I think there's an objectivity that you have on the world that is really special. Oh, thanks. Um, I'm curious, language, when, you were, when you were growing up, how did you kind of like... I don't know. I think it's... you had. I mean, granted, your brain has morphed and you have changed, but you still had a lot of that growing up. Yeah. Did you... What was the outlet for that kind of thinking, or did you have people you talked to, or was it My just... Mom. Yeah, really. Yeah, me and me and mom. Hmm. Not to be weird, uh, the Buster. Uh, oh, I'm blanking on your mom's name, Lucille. Lucille, mm-hmm. good comedy name. That the Buster Lucille comedy. relationship was a little disturbing for me because oh, I, sure. I sort of had one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in the good way and the weird. Are way. your parents still with us? Unfortunately, yeah. that's a joke. <laughs> um, I love them dearly, and I want them to live many, many decades yeah, more. Yeah. Um, not too many decades. Yeah. <laughs> You want some freedom. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, they're wonderful. But like, I I didn't... It's First of all, it's a generous question. Second of all, don't interview me. People hate me for letting you. And Really? Three, Why? I don't know. Huh. I don't know, Tony. Okay. Um, I'm going to call. Because this is like your little time capsule. We want to find out about you. So we're going to spin this around. Mm-hmm. But, but I get inspired. I mean, that's... If they're really thinking about me, then they can see that I get inspired by hearing from you with my question. And this is your episode, so if you want your episode to have some Pete in it, you're like making your own teddy bear. You're Build-A-Bear right now. Oh, I love Build-A-Bear. I I remember I put this... You look like a guy I'd see at a -A Build-A-Bear, and you'd be like, is there a kid with you? And you're like, no. No, just trying to find some more stuffies. (laughs) I'm just living life. And you're you're smoking a cigarette? (laughs) No, I'm just living life. Um... I really, when so your I, mom was very thoughtful and yes. and and yeah, and then church too. Mm. Like people enjoyed my deep uh, really thinking as a child. That was one of the first places that I found. I went on a mission trip to Venezuela, and I remember this woman named Sue Rob. <laughs> um, we were talking, and it's one of the first times someone other than my mom. She went. You're very wise. Mm. And it like really, because I'm a words oh, person too. Of course. It really mattered to me. Of course. It's like how in camp was the first time a German exchange camper said to me, you have a great smile. And I, I had braces and rubber oh, bands on yeah, them. Yeah. And she meant it. And I was like, I think I smiled 5,000 <laughs> yeah, times yeah, more yeah. than I would have. So I remember those little moments. That's what I think is sort of dangerous about the internet is when it's coming up, like, Especially as a comedian, getting a compliment from another comedian mm-hmm. meant so much. And now yeah. with the young people, I don't mean to rant like Andy Rooney right now, but the young people go up on stage with this confidence that they get from having 30,000 Twitter followers. Mm. And I'm like, we used to fight for one guy, one alcoholic at yeah. an open mic to be like, you got what it takes, kid. Because yeah. that meant so much more to us. Yeah. But it didn't go to our heads as bad. And I would think the depth of a one-on-one verbal comment car- – carries a lot more than maybe hundreds of comments. I completely agree. You know, it doesn't, those mean almost nothing at this point, 
Mm-hmm. We've had the internet long enough to see that they come and they go, they come and they go. But I still remember where I was when a young German girl oh, yeah. said, you have a nice smile. Doesn't that show a lot of value to that kind of verbal interaction? It's, ah, oh, man, I say it all the time. But um, who wrote Infinite Jest? I always forget his Don't name. Don't ask me. David Foster Wallace. David Foster Wallace says, the danger of modern society is that we're having all of our needs met by people that don't love us. Hmm. So it's like food is being prepared by people that don't mm-hmm. love you. You're even getting like your social interactions sometimes from strangers that maybe don't care about you mm. or maybe from celebrities that don't care about you or whatever. Mm. I don't know. It's, it, it, when it comes down to it, like still cooking dinner with your friends is probably going to feed your soul in a way. I'm not saying you can't get some good stuff sure. out of the internet for sure. Sure, of course. I mean, we're trying to do that right now. We're keeping people company right now. Mm-hmm. And that can be valuable. I hope so. I sure hope so, too. But there's also, you know, have some friends over and steam some baby carrots. That mi- Dan. <laughs> Sally, get to it. Sally in St. Paul. <laughs> that made me think. I keep saying that made me think, but I'm going to stop saying that. It's okay. Um, uh, the whole concept of fame, and is, uh, I think, is based in everybody wants to be known. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, obviously they think how many people know you and all this kind of stuff and how many followers and stuff. But if you're known by people who really see you and yeah. love you, that's all the known you need. Because actually the more, quote, known you get, it's actually the more isolated you get. Yeah. And I would say even a person who's, I don't know, working at the Seven Eleven in Birmingham, Alabama is probably more known than yeah. like Brad Pitt. Yeah. Because anything that's given to them, said to them, encouraged it, it's free. Brad Pitt is can be isolated. Can you have a conversation with Brad Pitt that doesn't have an agenda? Like, if you're talking yeah. to Brad Pitt, he's probably a, he is, I'm sure, aware that you probably would think it would be cool if he gave you his number or was your friend. Or, yeah, or, or you had walked you over away for and dinner. said, "I just had a conversation." It, yes, it becomes about story. you yes. and talking to Brad Pitt. So they're rather vampires. Than Brad Pitt. They're vampires, and that's we don't hard, mean to man. be. And it breaks. I just think that's really, really, really hard. Yeah, really tough. Really, really tricky. I just wrote a letter to give to Jerry Seinfeld's manager to try and get him to do this podcast. Yeah, and in that brief letter i was like what do you say to a guy who everyone he meets Mm. wants something from him oh yeah and here i am wanting Wanting something something from from him but uh, but wanting to be not wanting to be the person that wants something from you know do you want to know is this interesting the angle that i went with yeah i he's it won't give him anything so i said i hope i you know i don't think it'll work but it was still fun to do Mm -hmm. i was like my goal is for us to enjoy it while it's happening. Mm. Like, I want to do something that while it's happening, you're, I, I said, my goal is for you to do it and then go home and put your keys on the end table and go, well, what a pleasant afternoon. Mm-hmm. That's all I can offer him. It's, it's like, it's fun. And, and like, would you present. say, so you're, because like your uh, goal in wanting him to be on the podcast would to have, for him to have an experience of. For us to both. Yeah. For uh-huh. sure. That's my goal for you. Yeah. Is I want you to go, I mean, you want to talk to my ego. My ego would say, I want Tony to say that's the best interview I've ever Sure. Done. That's my ego. But my heart says. Which, by the way, is every conversation I walk away from, where, <laughs> where it's just kind of like. You, you have, love you, them all. You, but you do. My ego and people pleasing wants them to be having conversations about the experience. Yeah, that's you know, right. it's, it's that silliness of like, God, Tony, like, I can't, you can't control somebody's perception. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. But what we can control is, can I be 
present with you and have and can I think about them that's outside right. of that's right. myself? Which is why I'm like, don't interview. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, what you did you relate to the Buster Lucille relationship? Because that it, it wasn't disturbing to me, but it was cathartic to me. I, I laughed at it extra hard because yeah. I was like, I the first chapter of my book is Indoor Cat, and Buster is is the consummate. Mm-hmm. And I know you've done a lot of stuff. Talk about a then. comic name though. Buster is like <laughs> such a comic name. It is. <laughs> It really Buster. is. Buster. Buster Bluth, too. Did I really? Uh, yeah, I did. I mean, I without going too much into it, I th- there's uh, not every family is um, uh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. So I think there's, um, yeah. But my mom is sort of, and I say this with love, mm-hmm. and I would say this if she was here, but she can come off as bitchy to like <laughs> waiters mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And they had sort of like a upper classness to them mm. they they were the first generation of people that sort of got out of yeah. their situation and i think they really enjoyed that so like i remember i got a jack and coke it was the first time i ordered jack and coke a drink with <laughs> Which my is parents such a cool college drink i know and it was i was 21 and i was like yeah, oh, yeah, jack yeah. and coke and my mom goes you don't put coke in jack like she just had an opinion, yeah, yeah. and that feels very Lucille. You'd have a funny yes, joke. Yes, Mitch yes. would be like, uh, you know, have <laughs> some I, genius I think, line. I relate more. T- yes, I don't know about the bitchiness. I think the codependency is probably. Well, uh, that was the headline too, and that's that's yeah. Oh, uh, okay. For me, yeah, it's the um, um, uh, gauging somebody else's emotions and um, adapting. I still do it. Yeah, and I and I do that with I. It, it, when the the thing is the beauty of going through life and challenges and stuff like that is it really can morph into something that's a really great skill you know yeah. you know life is life can be really really hard but I I've struggled with codependency I've struggled with anxiety and it's um not to get biblical but it, there's something about what um what the locusts have eaten um what is the uh, scripture of kind of like he, he redeemed what the locusts have eaten or something like that stuff that was I don't know that one um. Oh, shoot, I can't remember. I'm sure biblical scholars are shooting, them. but it's like it's something <laughs> the one like biblical re- scholar. something kind of re- Pete ends listening to this episode. Resta- upset. <laughs> Just restoring what the locusts have eaten, and it's kind of a thing of like tough, tough shit that happened can have a redemptive or restorative power. I know one. I say it your, on this podcast all the time. Jesus said, "Let the weeds grow with the wheat." Because he goes, if you try and pull up the weeds, you'll pull up the weed as well. Yeah. So it's one of those lesser known, lesser quoted. Yeah. Because we're all, modern Christianity is all about like flamethrowering the weeds. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, or just, yeah. No, we're here to redeem things yeah. and use things and and yeah. and, and restore things and, and use power. the whole person. There's power in that refining. Of I mean, course. The characters I do. There's there's a reason I do anxious codependency What's, very well. What good you know? are you to humanity? If you're just going around being perfect, Jesus himself says, why do you call me good? I believe yeah, yeah. Jesus was a person. Yeah. I used to think that him not, not having sin in his life just meant that he was just like, he didn't suffer. He didn't have mm. frustration. Oh, yeah. He didn't Deep get feelings. Of yeah. course. Mm. That's the whole Richie Rohr. Again, the whole point of Christianity is that humanity and divinity can coexist yeah. and yeah. do coexist yeah. in you, yeah. in you. And, yeah. and Christ was the ultimate example of that. Um, but it's not to say like we're supposed to go around and steam clean our feelings so we can just be like, hey, buddy, Christians, and, you're supposed to be like, fuck, man, I'm codependent too, really Christians. Hard. And I would even say, I would say, <laughs> yes, Christians, I would even say Instagram, Facebook. I mean, it's just like this whitewashed, yeah, you know, it's exhausting. Oh, it's all of us. It's the best. It's the highlight reel. It's all of that kind of stuff, yes. which is coming from a place of 
what, just putting that out there and but everybody knows it. That's what's fascinating to me. If we were it's coming, like a if guy we were, who dyes his beard. Yeah, if we were everyone coming, knows. Totally. But if we were coming from a place where people really didn't know, yeah. be like, "Oh, well, good, they don't know." Everybody knows it's not truth. Yeah. And yet we're still perpetuating this thing. And granted, me too. I'm yeah. a, I'm a huge it's I'm a huge work in progress. I just so last night was a hardly night. Hard because she's teething. Oh. And so at night How do you spell her name? I, I, we call her Lee, but it's L I L A. It's Lila. Lila. Oh, my daughter's name Loy, L O Y. Loy. Mhm. The Loys, Barry and Donna Loy, were two of the most beautiful Christians, speaking of Christians, at my college that I just loved. Oh. Barry Loy, I forget what his, his job was, but I was a real rapscallion in college. I was a <laughs> rabble rouser, and I was giving my finger to the man. Yeah. And only Barry and Donna oh. had this like loving oh. appreciation for me. Isn't I was getting st- that stuck? It did. You are helping me remember all these moments that stuck. I used to get called in and like reprimanded by the, the, the J board or whatever yeah, yeah, and all yeah. these different things, and I'd get in trouble. And Barry... His door was literally always open. I'd just mm. pop in his office just because it was nice. Yeah. I didn't even know the frequency of a man who is in the now and who has that calmness yeah. of someone who feels held by something and bigger. And not afraid of the chaos that you were putting out. And he didn't, he wasn't threatened by it no. at all. He was like, oh, you're a big bad boy, huh? Which is everybody else's reactions. They were That's threatened right. by it. He's like, you say shit sometimes. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Barry thought yeah, it was so yeah, funny. Yeah. We're still Facebook friends. I say it like that matters, but I love Barry Loy. Anyway, Loy, Lee, hardly night, because she's teething, she's leaving. And um, Val went out to do karaoke, and after I, I put her down at like seven, and she'd get up every thirty minutes, oh. and I'd have to put her back down. It's hard. And you put her back down, and that's like two times. Like she wouldn't go down the first time, two, three times, and that was every half hour. Ooh. So around around nine thirty or ten, I just texted Val and was like, "I, I need backup just psychologically." So she started to come home, and I'm rocking Lee again, and I started playing it out in my head, and I was like. We'll figure out why I brought this up. I know it pertains to what we're talking about. We don't have to figure it out. People will know. We can live in in the the show notes. We'll live in the tension. (laughs) I was like, what is that instinct that we want to milk something like that? Like Val's going to come home and I'm going to be like, this is what maybe a thoughtless me would have done or a less thoughtful me would be like, Every 30 minutes. Like, I'd, I'd pretend to be winded. You kind of hope she comes home while Leela's crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you can be like, it's been this way. <sighs> yeah. Every 30 minutes, I'm, not, I'm pretending to be winded. Yeah. Since you've gone. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. I haven't, I wanted to watch The Mule. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is what I wanted to watch. Yeah. Uh, for laughs. And then I was like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And I really took it, because I had all this time to think, because I'm just holding a baby in a dark room. I love and, that you're even questioning this in yourself. That's so great. I love that you love it. And I hear that. And I go, well, you want her to think you're a good person. Because you're people-pleasing. Yeah, totally. You're pee-pee. And then I go, why (laughs) do I want people to think I'm a good person? Mm -hmm. So they'll love me. Yeah. And then I go, Val loves me enough, first of all, full stop. Mm -hmm. She's a fire hose. Mm -hmm. Two, and I, I repeated this in my head over and over. It's one of my favorite mantras, is all the love I need is in me now. All the love I need. And everything mm. was fine. And Val came home. And the first thing I said was, I ate ice cream. Because I did. 
yeah. I was alone and I got stoned and I ate yeah. Jenny's ice cream. Oof, come so on. So good. It was so good. so good. Do you also feel like there's a... And I, I didn't c- have to reheat the whole drama. Move the fuck on. It's but I over. love that, A, you saw that in yourself. I think that's great. But also... Oh, friends. Is there something that... Can I have your phone number? Yes, please. <laughs> Are you kidding? Cut to me calling you every five minutes and just... Is saying way too much. I'd be um, touched. I um, there's also a thing in me because I I totally relate to that where I'm like I feel like they're not going to believe me. Yes. And it, there's in a zombie movie. There's zombies out there. No one believes them. That's what makes them horror yeah. movies. And it's like because then I'm gonna somebody. They're not. They're not trusting my word. They're not believing me. So yeah. I have to prove in some chaos or action that. And if they walk in at this exact time, then they're gonna know I'm right. Right? Because there's a fear in me that they think I'm lying. That's the other side of it. I think she's going to think I had her come home from karaoke yeah. and it was fine. Yeah. I also caught myself going like, don't believe that kind of cultural narrative that the baby needs her mommy. I love mommies. Mm-hmm. We've already touched sure, on that. Sure. But like, I am also capable. Like I kind of had that moment where I was like, she loves her dad too. Yeah. I really tried to handle it mm-hmm. for that good feeling of like, I got this. I don't remember how we got there. Let's talk about codependency. <laughs> sure. Did you, in those, I remember when Loy was really, really little. Actually, I say that. I really don't remember when she was very little. I, have, I remember, you seem to have a very, very good memory. I kind of remember, it's spotty for me. I think that first year I was just like, let's keep the child survive. I actually, Val helps me remember things all the time. How? And they'll be remarkable things. She'll be like, do you remember when, this is fake. Do you remember when we went to that Carl's Jr. and Bon Jovi was there? <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah. I, oh, yeah. Like oh, yeah, so, yeah, I have yeah. a bad memory, but I what I remember, I capital R remember. Same with what I read, I forget a lot of it, but what I remember, it's locked in. Oh, okay, that's because why there's I something appear. that when you read something that really hits you, you you feel it settles, and then you can kind of. I need to keep it, but I'll probably have to reread it mm. every three years or something, which mm-hmm. is why I, I'm always re-listening to things. So when you're with your baby, uh, do you? I'm just kind of imagining you on the chair with her mm. um, and you can't, you, you can't be doing anything else even as much as you want to be on your phone or something like that. You, you really try to not be in that space of just with her. I'm on her phone. Oh, you're on her phone. Great. I'm replying to her texts for her. Great. Great. She's busy. Two goos. Busy. <laughs> busy. Busy. Um, do you, how, wh- how do you fill that space? Like what is that kind of. I love this question. You need a podcast. It's called the Hail Bop. Um, oh. Like that. <laughs> I love that question. Okay, a couple things. One, I don't have a normal job, so like it's easier. I think parenting is easier, and I mm-hmm. just want to make a note. Um, like my brother-in-law, like they they both have. There, it's more of a normal situation. So sometimes I feel like an asshole when I talk about parenting mm. because this is like the first thing I had to do today, and it's one o'clock. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like last night. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna. Even though little... structure is actually very, I mean, if I had a lot of space, it's tough. It's actually tougher for me. See, with... we know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I didn't oh, yeah, mean sorry, to cut sorry. you off. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. No, no. We, I, when Val started sharing this life with me, I was like, you are now uh, open to a whole new set of challenges. Mm-hmm. And I call it staring down the barrels of 12 hours. It's, it's, yeah. it's, people are like, if only I didn't have to answer to my boss. And I'm like, well... You also don't have the camp counselor telling you it's time to go to the lake to swim. Yeah. And you'll just sit in your house. And you also go have a like, lot of reality shows staring at you to watch. That's know, what I'm that saying. It's kind of sense of, it, with structure, You're I get so much done. You're tearing through fucking the crab fishing show. Yeah. 
And you're like, God yeah. damn it. Cut to me watching whatever the mule was you were talking about earlier. This is why when we're on shows and stuff and people tell us where to go, you're like, there's a comfort to this. Absolutely. So we, we, it's, it's, it's two-sided. So, but to answer your question, when I'm sitting there, I said to someone recently, I was like, Lee cuts out so many things that I wanted to cut out anyway. It makes life realer. Mm. Meaning there's so much less TV. Mm-hmm. There's so much less phone. Mm. I haven't replied to an email since 1998. Mm. That's not true. But I'm just saying like since she was born, it's been mm. harder to get mm-hmm. online and stuff. Was there kind of a... Sorry to interrupt. No. Was there like a phantom phone situation where you give an anxiety with her at times because you feel that impulse to have to look, look, at or look at the phone or do something or be stimulated or something like that? I know. And I'm grateful for that. Oh, that's great. I, I look at it more as an excuse of like people now that's know great. that I have, like sometimes I think in my, it never happens, mm-hmm. but sometimes I won't reply to an email right away. And I'm already kind of going like, if they get mad at me, I'll be like, I'm sort of like oh, in baby mode. That's great. Like we're raising the baby. And that's where the texting is really hard. There's a, I'm sure you've talked about this with emails. There's a lot of grace with kind of time back. Yeah. Texting, there's an expectation if you don't write well, back. Well, if they're yeah. juiced up and caffeinated and just sitting around with their phone, that's mm-hmm. a long hour yeah, that you don't yeah, reply. Yeah. And I've been there too. Yeah. Um, but sitting with her and just, it's been really good practice and just going like, this is what we're doing. And this is an image mm-hmm. I haven't shared. I think about it all the time. And I swear Leela can sense it. I think of a... Um, like a, a, a roof, like a, a sheet of steel roof. You know mm-hmm, what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like on, on a shed or something. Mm-hmm. has all this rain on it. Mm-hmm. And if you lowered it, like if you made it, um, how do I say this? From this to this. Mm-hmm. So you drop it. Mm-hmm. So from perpendicular to the ground to pointing to the ground and all the rain falls off of it and hits the ground. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? So it's like this image I have in my mind of dropping everything mm. and like, like drops of rain from a roof just into the ground. And I go, I just surrender into mm. what I'm doing. Mm. And I swear she falls asleep like 10 minutes after I do that. There's like this wilting, mm. I bet in my body, I bet it's in my heart rate. I bet it's in how mm. I'm breathing. Mm-hmm. These are all cues that she's picking up on when I go, this is what I'm doing. Mm. And I've had some of my most beautiful spiritual moments just sitting in that rocking chair mm. and seeing, it's a dark room, basically seeing infinity. Because mm. you're nowhere mm-hmm. and you're everywhere mm-hmm. and it's dark and you're holding life mm-hmm. and you just go, this is it. And it has severe purpose. And it ha- and that's another wonderful thing about it is, is there's something that's benefiting from it. It's mm-hmm. sort of like the human experience in one thing, mm-hmm. becoming one with the moment and serving someone else. <laughs> yeah, because I, I know with meditation, I really struggle with it um, to surrender to nothing, to surrender to that space. And to have no expectation. And that, to not have expectation and it. to give it the same purpose as I would, you know, holding my child and right. feeling uh, that kind of purpose. Doing it. it for yourself. Yeah. Loving yourself. I think you and I have that in common. I can have so much grace and patience for other people. Mm-hmm. But when I'm shitty, I'm like, Pete's just a shit. Yeah. And I just got to stay busy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> That's so just funny. to find purpose, you know, That's whatever. right. I have to keep earning it. Yeah, Val, yeah, yeah. I love because she's the son. And me, I have to go home and bring home a buffalo. Yeah. Shut up. Shut up, naps with dolphins. That's my Native American. That is such a hack. I feel like that's disrespectful to Native Americans. There was a time when we used to throw around dances with wolves style names. 
but that's not this time. <laughs> so what does your codependence look like? Because that's something that I think is helpful to talk about, not just for yeah. the salaciousness of... <laughs> Tony Hale from V Pass Codependent Issues. What do you got? We're in the TMZ room. Uh, Tony Hale. Uh, <laughs> Big mugs. Yeah, huge mugs. Um, I. I mean, it's it has its origin, which we don't need to get into. Um, but it's. I feel like we're gonna. <laughs> well, I mean, I. There's, well, it's but it's it definitely has a foundation to it. And how about a, just a snapshot of that foundation? <laughs> um, I think it's uh uh, that you're comfortable with. Yeah. It's, uh, you can also edit this out. Oh, okay. You have a full week to go, Pete, I don't like what I said about okay. my mother. Um, mm, let's just say, uh, I don't know if I, uh, there's a there's a freedom. I, I, I haven't gotten to the freedom of talking about okay. stuff, knowing that uh, there's still family outings. I hear to, that. To go, yes. So more important than how it happened. Yes. How did you learn to identify it? How did you learn yes. to work with it? And, and help yes, with yes, it? yes, yes, um, yes. Uh, and I say extended family. I mean, I say like... Uh, I understand. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, how did You're I learn? like me when I first started this podcast. Because yeah. I'd, I'd be clearly talking about my dad. Yeah. I'd be like, there's a guy in my family. It could be extended family. You don't know that's not my cousin. Well, I guess... Well, I say extended family. No, I mean, I meant to say like family... Because when I said family, I'm thinking like my wife and my daughter. I'm thinking like uh, uh, I see. my mother, dad, all that. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so anyways, that um, how did I learn to deal with it? I think I it got to a place where um, somebody finally identified. Uh, wow, tremendous amount of your anxiety is coming from this need to fix situations, this need to uh, any chaos that you have no responsibility of, feeling the need to take care of it. Um, uh, feeling so every feeling everybody's feelings but my own, um, walking into um, being on set and if feeling a pe- everyone's feelings but my own, yeah, that's a, that's something we got to take a walk with yeah. to the Silver Lake Reservoir. Yeah, like that is something it's that's going to change people's lives. What you just—that's crazy. It's, it's very true. It's very true. And not not giving myself permission or being uncomfortable with sitting in my feelings. So feeling everybody else's feelings is much is much of an easier very choice. True. Um, Richie Rohr this morning was saying, uh, thinking about Christ's death and resurrection is so much easier than having our own. Yeah. And I was like, so we sometimes bypass the complication of killing your ego by talking about whether or not Jesus's resurrection was literal. It's like, yeah, that's fine. Get to dying yourself. Like, and also just the simple thing of talking about, um, when you said that, it's just, there's so many... Uh, band-aids spiritual band-aids that have been put on my own issues of yeah. like whether it be a whether it be a, a biblical story or or, or just a, a cliche or something like that just to keep move moving. on yeah. yeah keep moving um uh, but my the, dad said that to me he goes everything happens for a reason i guess i don't yeah. know if i know if that's true <laughs> but then they, there is something like this is what's so uh, the, the back and forth of life is like there is reason in things and there is uh, value in moving on you know it's all that kind of stuff but it's like there's not just a i'm babbling but there's not just like a, you're not babbling you are no tower <laughs> but there's there's it's much more complex than just moving on there's a whole i think also world what you're saying yeah. there's 
sometimes I do interviews and I realize that they are more interested in life skills. Like I want to talk about how nothing matters, how it's all in a beautiful way and how it's all a mm. dance and it's all a play mm. and when in doubt, zoom out and like, it's mm. okay. It's you're, you're all right. And all these philosophies. And I realize I'm talking to somebody that's like, Oh, you might still be dealing with codependence. You might need some of these tools. Like mm. all the love I need is in me now. Mm. That's a Tony Robbins thing that I got when mm. I really needed it. So mm. you're talking to a guy who already has those tools. Right. So you had to learn some of the tools that maybe did help you move on. I had to learn some of the tools and um, and still learning the tools. Like I'll be I'll go to a restaurant with my wife and she knows we can't sit too close to other tables. I have to face the wall. We're best friends because like I I will know the couple beside me is breaking up and the other couple is their first date and it's like I'm completely say, not in touch with her. You don't even have to share your story. <laughs> They're so similar. Yeah. I talked about my parents and the tumult the reasonable levels of tumult there weren't plates breaking nobody was yeah, sure, black sure, sure. eyes yeah but there was tumult and there was a frequency was that my mom in what i sort of feel was a little bit manipulative and i know she didn't mean it that way but called me her peacemaker which is biblical obviously blessed sure, are the sure and i was like I never realized until later what a burden it was yeah to be the lion tamer who asked the 10-year-old yeah, to yeah, be the yeah, lion yeah. tamer? Yes. But then, and I think you've done this too, mm-hmm. that is why I can work with big personalities. That's why I can work with powerful people. I kind of know how to like sense. Yeah. Without making, obvious, Judd was a, a delight to work for. Mm-hmm. But I would say in the writer's room, I'd be like, let's pitch him that after he had his mocha. That is a a level of attention that comes from living in a house where you go, let's ask dad if he can give me a ride after his drink or, or Mm -hmm. before his drink or after dinner. And do you find after cake? Because, and and there's good to it. I mean, that's a superpower. Beautiful products have come out, but there's also like in my marriage, my wife many times like, Please don't uh, walk on eggshells around me like you might have walked around eggshells yeah, growing up. You know, it's like someone has to keep saying you're safe. yes, and so it's and don't place me in that role. It's all that kind of stuff, which is a real. At, even at forty eight, I have to constantly remind myself of looking that. great, Hale. Yeah, <laughs> I'd cast you as thirty four. <laughs> I absolutely would, by the way. Shut I, I know 34-year-olds and I'm now, like... Now your words are meaningless. Now I'm buttering some bread. Look, when I book you, <laughs> I just want to know that you can play 34 uh, when I book you. It was, I remember the movie now. It was Tooth Fairy by in the, with The Rock. Oh That's my God, the, remember? When we were like, oh, I guess The Rock can't do it. And then The Rock was like, I'll man. be back. <laughs> Look at that. I'll be back. Vin Diesel had uh, one like that too. It's like the baby yeah, the pacifier. The pacifier. Yeah, I think that's what it was called. Vinny D did not strike the same chord. He found his own franchise, yeah. didn't he? Can you tell I'm having anxiety talking about it? <laughs> like, these people? No, the codependency. It's amazing. No. It's amazing. No, but here's the deal. I think it's. I think you're doing it's, wonderfully. It's, it's, well, that's nice to say. I think it's um, it's what you were saying initially when you started talking about. It. You know, it's and granted, I won't get into details, but it's, you know, uh, it's not something that I I in. Friends and privately, I'm, I talk about yeah. it, but yeah. like that, this kind of well, the mics are off, so let's. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's like a trick show, but you you can use mine. It's all the same stuff. It is, yes. We learned to take care of situations and think that that was important, and that's what I'm saying. Is and I have deep love for my mother, and I'm even had worked through talk about doubt and stuff. Um, I've worked through it, 
and come out stronger. Mm-hmm. And I think she was sort of controlling me by saying, you're, you're my peace, <laughs> peacemaker. I, I love, Instead yeah. of going like, y- you shouldn't, this is fucked up. You yeah. shouldn't, I yeah. need to like. I'm not an emotional spouse. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Your father and I need to figure this out because yes, you yes. can't, I would put on a show. Sure. I'd stick my face in the mashed potatoes yeah. <laughs> to stop a fight. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. That's not normal and it's also that even even hearing that they still ask me to do it too when we go to dinner yeah i'm still doing it (laughs) i think uh uh, uh, stuff like you doing that the learning how to perform uh, even something like that and the beauty that comes out in your future of how that's used i remember when uh, in high school i was there was these just southern just dick guys and they would uh, call me names or whatever and i would turn around and i would walk and i would say well that wasn't that was kind of mean like i would have this kind of self comedy talk to myself <laughs> it's like oh that was harsh you know or something you like that kind of thing and it's that sense of what was hell you know yeah. in those moments i mean not all of those middle school high school moments but the whole thing wasn't that way but like definitely moments moments peppered and man like using uh comic subtlety you know yeah. in the future and yeah. knowing how to turn a joke and the, you know all that kind of stuff still that's alchemy that's resurrection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, it is that's resurrection. Is you're going like oh, this pain, and you yeah. turned it. There's into the something. crucifixion, and then three days later, there was a rising of it. That's right. Yeah, and it was Buster Bluth. <laughs> and it was that made me think of a, a a story. My daughter. This was one of my favorite stories. She was really little. I can't wait for you to have these kind of stories. But she was really little, <laughs> and we had just come from Easter service, and um, she had uh, we and she she heard it, and she just gotten this new stuffed animal, and she ran upstairs. And, um, and, and says, dad, I just, I, I, she named her new animals and I said, oh my gosh, what? She says, this is so-and-so, this is so-and-so. And this bunny is named crucifixion. <laughs> no. Yeah. And I was, and, and she was, and, and she just, in her mind, she was just like, you know what? That has a great ring to it. I'm going to call it crucifixion. Oh and I was like, God. oh, I love that. And we were like, it was crucifix for short. Or fixy. Or fixy. How's fixy doing? Yeah. Not great. Not great. I struggle with trying to fix things, Loy. So why don't you just name it as something else? Cruci- oh, Tony, you can't crucifix everything. <laughs> I, you know what's interesting to me is if I go to dinner with Val, and this happened recently, we'll be sitting around and I can't not listen to the people next to us. And mm-hmm. I used to live in New York, so it was worse. It was always right. Just like share a role with them. Yeah, like yeah so yeah. close. That's how I diagnose that I need to perform. Like Val will actually say, you need to do some stand-up. And if I do Mm. stand-up, my ability to go out and not listen to people next to me, it has like a grounding quality to it. How? Because it sounds like you have struggled with people-pleasing. I do, yeah, for sure. And um, my God, like stand-up, how how is that kind of... With that amount it's, of, is it a, is there, is there a, did you have that detachment early on where you didn't take the remarks personally or the uncomfortable kind the of learning, bombing, the bombing and trying to find new material and it was sort stuff? of familiar. I, I think I took this out of my book, but I was like dinner at the Holmes house has like, no, I'm sorry. I did it backwards. Uh, a, a rowdy late Friday drunk crowd at a comedy club has nothing on dinner at the Holmes house. Mm. You know what I mean? So I was like. If I could control, like we said, lion tame, that situation, I can probably handle this situation. And Mm. the control is there. It's like, it's 15 minutes. 
There's lights, there's music, you have a microphone. Did you, did it feed you? So if you felt like they were not laughing or were not happy, did it give you the fuel to try to make them happy? I think, well, you're helping me realize that it was a uh, extension of being a people pleaser as you're going up and you're like, I'm going to please these people. Sure. And now that I've been doing it for like 20, almost 20 years. Wow. Almost amazing. Years. I know that's nuts. Like, I almost didn't believe it. I started in 2001. Hmm. So that's almost 20 years. Um, post 9 11 or pre? It was pre 9. Hmm. And, um, but now I can get off and I'll be like, I was great. Even if they didn't mm. like it. Oh, what, an, that, what a nice internal compass. That, for that. Yeah. Val's helped with that too. Yeah. And she's seen me just be, and she's even been like, she's like, you were great. Like the, the, it isn't that so affirming when my wife is, mm -hmm. it's like, that's what's such a blessing about, um, the, this having a partner is you could, it it could have been shit and and just having her being like, Hey, it was okay. Yeah. Great job. And and she knows even if it was shitty, that's not the time to give notes after right after. Cause I'm going to really, she learned that from, (laughs) uh, my wife was a makeup artist on Saturday night live for, um, uh, many years. Oh, wow. And she, like, right after they were done, they would always say, oh my gosh, was that funny? Was that funny? Was that funny? She's like, bullshit, 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 right after. Because yeah. they're in such vulnerable states. It's not the time. And they time. do not want, as much as an actor says they want to hear it after that, they don't want to hear it. Of course it's not. It's not the time to do it. It's not time. It's like uh, you're holding a bucket of acid and a flower opens and goes, do you have any acid for my face? <laughs> Just yeah. go like, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know what? They know too, hopefully. Like deep down, oh, yeah. next day you'll Absolutely. go. That wasn't that great. Absolutely. Wasn't that great. Yeah, yeah. Um, how, it sounds like your wife helps you with that, like don't put me in that role. How How would you do that? You'd try and solve her problems or? I would, um, uh, with st- I would interpret her behavior from a fear-based um yeah uh, mentality and so You're helping me realize when i first started dating val she would i would do that yeah and she would have a response to something or she would say something and it would go through a filter that i have of um anxiety or she's mad at me or i'm, I'm not enough yeah. or all that kind of stuff and it's it's <sighs> all that stuff when i was working with chris there uh on some of my comedy specials I remember this very distinctly. I, I wonder if this will ring true for you. I would go like, I couldn't watch the special. This was a couple specials ago, but we needed to pick where the commercial breaks were going. It was for Comedy Central, so it was three specials ago, I'm realizing. I was like, we need to pick where the commercial breaks are. And I was like, hmm. are they okay? And he was like, yeah, they're fine. And I was like, if they're fine and it works Mm -hmm. and there's nothing we can do about it. Just say they're perfect. (laughs) I was like, I know that's that's nonsense to hear. That's why I I just need to hear they're perfect (laughs) because fine does mean that is there something we can do to fix it? No, then they're perfect. Yeah. And and he heard that he was a good friend. And I bet you, this will be right up your tree. Is that like, when Val and I, I don't think we ever had a problem with it, but when we text, for example, there's no K text. Mm. There's no fine text. Mm. There's no sure. It's always like, 
a little vulnerability. Like we have this thing where if she texts, I'll be home in 15. I always write back. This is sweet. I hope it doesn't sound mm. like stupid or something, but we always write back. Yay, 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 yay. And I need that. Like, yeah. Or even a heart. You know, it's just something like that. Yeah. Put some love in it. Put some love in it. Like let's not play the withholding game and, and let's not play the, the code game where what I'm really saying is nine levels deep, because I think you and I probably both grew up in situations where what was really going on was nine levels deep. Just bring it up. The cuts are perfect. Yeah. The tension (laughs) is much sometimes worse than the, the vocal. uh, When you were saying that about, um, the the having the response of perfect one thing when i was uh when armando yunucci was uh doing veep that years ago before uh, uh dave mandel took over one thing i really and dave was so so good so so good um but, uh, with armando though he i learned a big thing this foundation thing that he did where he was a brit he's british and i was so used to a director if they really liked it i would know it yeah and they would just be like, that was amazing. That was amazing. But I learned to gauge oh, yeah. how something was because of they said it. So if it was, if, <laughs> but if it was not good and they went, it was good. Let's move on. I was like, oh God, it's not good. But Armando was always the same response. He never went high and he never went low. And it, and it, and for those four years, four years, I began to trust this inner compass in me of me trusting myself. He brought it out of you. He brought it out of me. And then, and then going into Dave Mandel, he's a fantastic director, but I already had this internal compass. So wherever he went or oh it, it really taught me this muscle. It really exercised this muscle in me of learning if it was something good and not needing it so much to come from All the director. The love I need yeah. is in me. Yeah. Now. Yeah. That being said, going to join you in the desperate pool. When I was doing Crashing, because you're the person who wrote and created it mm. or whatever, and you're starring in it, uh, th- my staff was wonderful. This is not passive aggressive. They know this, by the way. I would get off stage, and if they didn't tell me how great it was, I would just start talking about how great it was. Yeah. <laughs> and as a bit, but also I was like, I'm trying to get some momentum. Mm. Example, we're in a church. I'm doing stand-up. The stand-up was written that morning. I'm in my trailer. I get the topics. And I'm, again, I'm not like an anger person, but I'm looking at them and I'm like, these are premises. Mm. There's nothing here. Mm. And I'm waiting to go on set and there's a hundred extras and I'm just going to be doing stand-up. Yeah. And I would and everybody was overworked that day. There's no like, there's a little bit of like, you guys kind of, (laughs) I'm being honest, there's a little... There was a little like bite in this yeah, situation. Sure, so I'm sure, looking sure. at it and I'm like, fuck, I was really hoping for more here. And then I went up, and now this is a self-serving story, and I took those premises and I improvised, mm. and I turned them into goddamn, mm. real-ass, actual laugh stand-up. Mm. That's fine. That's great. Good for the show. Should be enough. Then I get off. They're changing lenses or moving cameras or whatever, so we have 15 minutes and I'm standing around with everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm with the writers who I'm like... They know they what they wrote and what mm-hmm. I and I'm waiting for someone to acknowledge. I think they think Pete knows he's the shit. I kind of have this confidence mm-hmm. that's coming off right now, even as I'm speaking so loudly in a room that's yeah. small. Um, yeah. So Val helps me go. Like she's like, they think you know. Mm-hmm. They don't know that. Like I'm like, in order for me to do another take of this, mm-hmm. someone needs to tell me that was incredible. Mm-hmm. And Judah Miller, our showrunner, would would. 
I, I'd sometimes have to ask for it and go, no, Pete, that was incredible. Like that mm. was so good. Do you know what? Just it's a very to, good Judah impression. To, a, to even piggyback on that, isn't it wild that we want that in the moment, but the minute somebody starts saying something was amazing, you don't want to hear it. Like there's, yeah. it's like. I want I, I, I want the encouragement. You want to like, be invited to the party, but you don't want to go. And then when somebody <laughs> starts getting, oh my gosh, there's like a discomfort to receiving it. Like it's, That's it's right. There's it's, always a back and forth with that, which is bizarre. You want it right in the middle. I don't want them to clap, but I need somebody to look but at need, me and go, that was great. I want to read their minds and at least know that they think it's good. And but I, but you know, to, to, is, to is, Pete yeah. holding the baby last night, unpack that. It's a little bit more practical. I'm trying to induce a state of mania. Mm-hmm. And when I'm trying, so I can riff. Mm-hmm. And that mania needs somebody to be like, that was fucking amazing. <laughs> like mm-hmm. when you're a boxer and mm-hmm. you're spitting in the bucket mm-hmm. and they're putting that cold metal thing on your face, mm-hmm. they're not going like, uh, lunch is at uh, <laughs> one today. They're yeah. going, Rock, you look like Michelangelo carved you himself. Get out there and fucking beat his ass. You're the king. I need a little of that in certain situations. Yeah, which is so based, and I can only speak for myself, see me. See me, see me. Buddy. See me, see me. I say I'm a look at me and Val's and I see you. And that's why when Val was on set that day and she'd come up and she'd just, I'm being vulnerable, but it's to show that I'm vulnerable. Yeah. Have you heard of the book Heinz Feet on High Places? Heinz Funeral? It's one of my favorite. I'm not a big reader. I'm I'm learning to accept that. But there's this little book. It's an allegory. It's called Heinz Feet on High Places. Heinz Feet on High Places. And it's about this little deer named Much Afraid who's who's in this kind of community of uh, all these people that are named Bitterness and all this kind of And she's trying to get to the high places to meet the Good Shepherd. And she... And it's and she meets all these and one of these flowers that she meets along the way is called longing to be loved, uh-huh. and it's just this very simple story. And it's like even hearing that, it's, there's just there's always that internal part of us that's just love me, love me. I'm just longing to be see I me, know. see me, see me, love me, love me, see me, see me, I love know. me, love me. And when you say that, some days when I'm fully equipped, when I'm fed, I can go out and feed others. You ever have those great? Oh, days sure, sure. Or even in like little interactions, sure. You just go like. Like you mentioned, your wife was in the makeup department. Those moments mm-hmm. that I remember of taking the time to be like, the makeup looks fucking great today or whatever. Yeah. And how that mattered. Yeah. And sometimes I talk about it on stage how we all know what everybody needs and we just, we're playing these weird withholding games. Yeah. Because it's almost like diamonds. We don't mm-hmm. want to flood the market. Mm-hmm. So we withhold them. Yeah. And yeah, I'm trying to, I'm, when you said that, it's like, you wonder why why are why are we withholding them? She just gave me the light that it's been ninety minutes. I feel like we just started. Really? Oh oh gosh, sorry. <laughs> oh, gosh. You said sorry. You're so sweet. What were you gonna say? You just saw you caught me looking. So no, I it's I think it's that you. question of why is it why why are we withholding the diamonds? You know why? What is what is that doing? I mean, I'm I'm asking because it's I I hear what you're saying. It's like we play this game. We're walking on these. I think is there, do we want we don't want to be the scene one who's. Am I saying I don't want to give the diamonds away because I don't want to be the only one giving the diamonds away because I'm afraid no one's going to give diamonds to me. Right. You know, so it goes back to that this archetypal guy that or woman that I'm picturing in my mind that embraces the moment for what it is and doesn't need to know that the music's coming from the island to be mm. calm about it. Yeah, yeah. Can yeah. also go around and just love people. Mm. That's what like old Ram Dass 
uh, you know, current Ramdas is mm. doing is he just sort of loves everybody. Mm. And I watch him do that. Mm. And it must be so tempting to just, you want to, you yeah. want to have your favorites. You want to be got like, it, though. you're my best friend. I'm sure he talks about this. He's got to fill his tank in order to pour out that tank. Like he, he, he has to, he has to have that self care of filling his tank and give himself permission there to do that. There has to be. Yeah. And I think, I think some of it is like, there's bursts. Like I, I've heard, him talk about not in a bad way that it is a little bit like show business it's like do you want to go eat like i go to this ramdas retreat and he's there eating with everybody yeah and so a a lot of people are going up to him and saying hello but it's not just like tony hale i'm a fan hello it's like you're my teacher Mm. like you are the love of the universe Mm. so he has to be i think I, i think i've heard him talk about the role of Ramdas. He's like, I'm playing mm. Ramdas, and of course he's every feeling, mm-hmm. but in those bursts he's like, I'm going to be pure love. And give myself permission to play that role today. That's right. Even though, because that's another thing of like, I don't, if I'm that we've been that role to people and everybody's been that role to somebody. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when you're in that role, you have that conflict in you. That's like, they have no idea the undercurrent that's happening in my body right that's now. Right, that's right. And I, and for I, him, he's in pain in pain. And it's, yeah. but it's to give myself permission today. I've got to play that role knowing that it can go the still undercurrent. Yeah. Cause I'll do uh, like spiritual shows. And then afterwards, sometimes I, I feel people seeing me in that way. That sounds like an ego trip. I, I, I really just no, see yeah. it from them. They're like, wow, you just sort of talked about all these beautiful things. You're beautiful. And I see them looking at me like I'm beautiful. Mm. And then I'm just like, well, I'll just be beautiful. It's actually kind of nice. You're like, mm-hmm. I'll just be beautiful. And then you recharge by being alone or I think he's got to take some time to himself. Cause that's, it's that same mother Teresa thing. Like those journals that she said, it was probably such a, a healing practice for of her course. to be able to vocalize truth in those Can things. You? Cause you imagine the pressure put on her. That's right. And just, you just knowing inside I'm, a, we're all a mess. I'm a right, mess. Please right. don't put this on me. Right. But she had to play that role many times That's and right. use that journal as That's an outlet. That's why show business. Yeah. He would say when he did talks, he goes, I'm a rent Ramdas. He's like, you're just, <laughs> you're hiring a character. And my friend Vikram did that movie Kumare where he pretended to be a guru. And he said he mm. loved being the guru. Mm. It was a gag. It was almost like a Borat style movie. But when he was wearing the robe with the beard and everyone thought his name was Kumare, all he had to do was be light and playful and in the moment and laugh and be mm. joyful. And he was like, it was like my favorite thing to do. And I was like, yeah, yeah man. That's like, that uh, reminded me of uh, Kevin Bacon was doing this interview once where he, he did you hear this? Where he like um, had uh, all these prosthetics to look totally different. And he went about the day and he says, everybody was so mean. Everybody was just not yeah. nice. Yeah. And he was very, he had a very vulnerable, honest movie. He's like, I didn't like it. Because, you know, for a lot of his life, it's like that sense of people have put him, they treat him so nicely all the time because he's Kevin Bacon. Yeah. You ever just see Kevin Bacon and you want to take him in a stairwell? (laughs) It's a two-hour callback. It's a Jim Gaffigan joke. That was a good two-hour bacon callback. (laughs) We've overcooked that bacon. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Yep. Yep. That's fucking crazy. But how vulnerable, I think, because that's very honest to say I didn't like it. Yeah. You know, I think that's just, it was, I hope I'm saying this correct, but I think that's the right story. This is where my memory kicks in. I think about that. I'm going to think about that. <laughs> We're almost out of time. I hate it. I hate it. I just start that was really, really, really fun. <laughs> Seriously, very relaxing. We still have 30 minutes. Oh. 
I, I, I had already. I, I had already buttoned it and been like, I'm walking away. And I'm I, out. I, I, I fixed that situation. I'm and out. Put a pretty bow on it. <laughs> what was Keanu like? Hit it. Very nice. I just knew he would be. That's all I want. He was actually very he nice. He seemed so sweet. You did that hilarious video. I oh, haven't yeah. seen the movie because I have a baby. Oh, sure. We really want to. It's, yeah. I mean, really. You, you know why you should... I, I, the voice actors were... I mean, this is my inter... Very small part of the movie. Yeah. The animation, the, oh, yeah. the, the, the five years of labor and art, artistry that went into that movie, that's the magic. Like, yeah, those of course. People, that's why you need to see it, because it is like... Uh, well, three is, was amazing. Three was amazing, but it is like, yes. I haven't it, seen it that it's uh, Yes, it was. But it, really, what these guys put on the screen, it looks like magic. Like Bo Peep's China face. Yeah. Looks like China's talking. In two, when they clean the ASMR kind of scene of cleaning... Woody's eyeballs with the Q-tips. Oh, yes. That is fucking incredible. Yes. That wasn't somebody in a booth in their sweatpants going, it's... Shazam! Yeah. <laughs> but so much work, man. I know. It's crazy. And they don't get, the people behind this don't get that light. It's all, you know, and the, that, they, they deserve the light. Yeah, you know, on of that, course. You know? Of course. But you get the glory. Um, <laughs> but, but he was a sweetheart. I have very this nice. like secret theory that Keanu. He, I feel like he has He's to be really. He's a very deep thinker. I mean, I, I we what, didn't we didn't have very heavy conversations, but I've heard interviews, and he really, he really thinks hard. And yeah, you know, I. I it, we it's, gave all his 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 bonus money to the special effects crew of the Matrix. So mm. exactly what you just said mm. that the the reason the Matrix was a hit was because of all the special effects. And he knew they weren't super paid, so he took yeah. like whatever his bonus, his like back end bonus, yeah, a lot of money, a lot of he money. gave to the people that wow. did the bullet time shot. Yeah, that's fucking that's, that's a amazing woke dude, and it's a guy who is at a very high point, and much like you, has an objectivity on that he, situation. He, he feel that? I would I would think he does. Yeah. We didn't get into these conversations, but I think therefore. He sees truth in a different way. He sees, yeah. you know, and he's rather than maybe getting bitter or rather than uh, self-medicating or whatever, he has seemed to have chosen a really genuine path. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's right. Don't get me started on my secret spiritual feelings about John Wick. But to give you a taste. <laughs> please. It's a guy. It's so stupid. I love it, though. Gandhi said, "If you make your if you make yourself zero, your power is infinite," which is what I think John Wick is about. Oh wow! Because he loses all his connection to it. He yeah. loses his entire identity. He loses his house. He loses his car. He loses his wife. He loses his dog. So it's like kind of on one level, just like a guy with nothing which to is lose. Job. Exactly. It's a guy that goes like, "Well, I have nothing, but I have everything," mm-hmm. and he goes around. And the it. truth that you learn after that—that's right. Because of all that, I think Keanu's reading the script and going like, I get it. <laughs> Maybe even in a way that the writers didn't get it, but he's like, oh, yeah. I'm going to Keanu the shit out of this. There'll be a twinkle in my eye that says, there's also something about the old and the new. I've said this before, but he's doing Kung Fu, mm-hmm. which is very old. Mm-hmm. I know, or karate is doing different styles, I know. But he's doing something very old and very disciplined. And he's using uh, guns, which I know guns aren't great, but like in an action mm-hmm. movie, they're, they can be very fun. Mm-hmm. So there's like this weird like merging of like, mm. it doesn't matter. And it becomes its own dance. Do yeah. you remember in The Matrix, such an image of uh, all the press that was around that one shot when he went to the, when he went Yeah, the bullet it. time. Yeah. And it's like, now that just seems like. You could do that uh, on your phone. Yeah. 
Exactly. You can do it on your phone. I'm just kidding. You actually you probably can. You probably though. could. If you had enough phones, you could. And you remember how much attention was on that, all those cameras around that circle of the green screen. Yeah. You know? We've all seen that. Yeah. And we were like, that's how they did it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I only think about how Will Smith turned it down to do Wild Wild West. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. You know it now and you can't unknow it. <laughs> no. Now go watch Wild Wild West. <laughs> I mean... I actually feel bad for Will. Wasn't that with uh, Tommy Will. Lee Jones? No, that's Men in Black. This was with... Not Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, the, who was the Wild Wild De- West? Uh, Kevin Klein is the villain, I believe. Oh, okay. The other guy. The villain is Kenneth Branagh. I mean, there's a lot going on in that movie that mm-hmm. an agent could be like, this is hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they won't let you do a song for The Matrix. <laughs> All right, speed. I now. remember that song, though. That definitely... Wild, 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 wild west. west. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We go into the wild, wild west. Yeah. But you don't know the verse. Well, no. We know the verse of the Men in Black. What song. I also thought Little Red Corvette was called Arrest Collect in high school. Time to arrest collect. And I was like, call the rest collect. Like full on dancing in the oh, high school wow. dance. There's room. the bathroom on the right. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. the bad moon on the rise. Um, greatest lesson. Ready? Yes. Oh, I tell the greatest lesson. Or you do. Yeah, you do. Oh, I do. We've had a lot of me. Uh, no, not enough, I would say. You know what? I don't, I'm not even looking on the tweetsies. Because who needs it? <laughs> oh, Pete, shut up. <laughs> Tony's the guest. No. Ask him about Veep. The greatest lesson. Can I say a Wait, couple? I'm going to tell you the oh. category. Oh, great, great. Oh, I am good, curious good, good. what you're going to say, though. I, oh, I like, I like, a, I like, go ahead. You want the categories? Yes. Greatest lesson you've learned. Not about acting, the job mm. of being an actor. What is, what is a great lesson you've learned about that? Because you've been through the, the pilots. You were on Stacked. Come on, man. Yeah. You've done it. Not to get too heady or Oprah-like and emotional, um, but I would say... Do you know what show you're on? <laughs> I would this say, is Super Soul Mondays, bro. I, I would say... Well, it would be... I mean, I've said this before, but I, I do... I say it a lot because I do believe it, that... Um, a big lesson is that my value was the same before I had success and after. And I wish somebody had, I put a lot, I think the industry doesn't say it, but I think there's something you said about you will have value when this happens. You will have value when this happens. You're right. Right. And I think in life you'll have value when you get whatever. And it's like your val. If I, if, if you or I win an Oscar next year, my value does not change. And I think that's a, that's a big lesson. And then, the other one that I've said a lot is um, when I got arrested, it was arrest development was my big thing. It was my dream and it didn't satisfy me the way I thought it was going to satisfy me. And mm. it scared me. Mm. And I think it's because I had not, I'd given it a lot of weight mm. and my whole time leading up, I was like, well, that's coming, that's coming, that's coming. And it's that thing. If you're not practicing contentment where you are, you're not going to be content when you get what you want. Yeah. And I just had not, and I do think it's a practice, but I had never spent time being like looking around and really saying, hey, I'm going to try it. Even though it's shitty, I'm going to try to be content in this or I'm going to find contentment. Mm. And then when you get what you want, if you hadn't been practicing it, you're not going to, it's still not going to be there. That's right. That's a big part of my book. Is it? Because it's second season of Crashing. I was really, really depressed. Sure. And, um, it's it's just that I didn't the the candle of my own inner contentment had gone out, mm-hmm. and I was looking to, for a TV show to light it. Which even you, as an incredibly thoughtful you know person, incredibly intelligent, 
everybody, it's so easy to fall into that trap. I of mean, course. it's so easy. Like I even knew I was doing it. Yeah, not, of course. I'm, I'm not saying that to And I still myself. do it. Yeah, that's I right. still, I can still. And we'll probably do it again. Su- yeah. Yes, absolutely. That's right. Uh, I like to say, if you're not happy on the plane, you won't be happy in Hawaii. Yeah, that's just how it happens. Oh, I like that. It's that's going to work. The that's beach great. isn't going to save you. That's great. Um, what about oh, the greatest I love lesson? Love that. Isn't that I'm good? stealing that one, and it's going to be Dash Beat Holmes. Oh shit! I thought you were going to say Dash Johnny. I was like, hey, fine. No. Um, greatest lesson you've learned about auditioning? About- Tony, we'll see you now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the time. I think I've. I still, you know, it's. I still. I've gotten better in the sense because it's the only time when I can do fully my interpretation of something, because if I were to get the gig, it becomes somebody else's interpretation. Someone's going to tell you what to do. Yeah. So it's the, it's the, to me, I label it as whether I get it or not, it's the most freedom I'll have with the material before it's somebody else's interpretation. But that shifts it from a fearful place to a playful place. To a playful place. That's beautiful. Yeah. I, I love that. Great lesson you've learned about showbiz. Um, you could look at it as like how you navigated it. It could be, or just yeah. I think um, show lesson about show business. I would I would go back to that. Um, uh, if I was telling somebody, I'd say just oh well, two things. One, uh, don't put too much value in what somebody says. Words are kind of come and go in the business, but in show business, it's my community that's given me longevity, not my work. Um. I do enjoy what I do. I think I'm pretty good at it, but it is the community that I've surrounded myself and the life that I live around it. That's what gives me longevity because there's a shitload of rejection and having people around me who see me beyond that and give me a life that's greater than that. That's what keeps me going and empowers you to do it. Like, yeah, yeah empowers a- me to do it. And it's, and also finding the life in the work. Like when you were in crashing, when I was on veep, it's the community. If if you just look at if if I just look at something and go I'm going to do good work and then leave, what kind of living is that? You know, yeah. it's the relationships. It's some of my favorite times on Veep was in the makeup trailer, sitting with Julia and just living life together and talking. Right. You know, yeah. like making life and that's, enjoying it while you're doing it. Yeah, we're back to my Seinfeld letter. It's yeah. like the next thing I do, even more than crashing, even more than everything, I want more and more. The process of doing it to be its own reward yeah. to be like the, I know that sounds which so is trite. really hard. I mean, it's really yeah. hard because whatever the destination of you doing it is, yeah. is the dream of it. You that living in that journey that's hard, man. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah, I know, but that's the goal. Good, good goal. Um, and then acting. What is the greatest lesson you've learned about acting? It could be advice someone gave you or just yeah. something you figured out. Um, I I remember I was doing this movie years ago. And Teen Wolf? It was Teen Wolf. <laughs> it was Teen Wolf. Jason and I really had a great time. Teen Wolf? But I was... Buster. I was playing this... I was playing this character who I remember I just didn't like because he was just kind of a... He's kind of a player. He was kind of manipulative. He was kind of a douchebag. And I remember thinking, oh, I know people like this and they irritate me. <laughs> and I went to this coach, Diana Castle, here in L.A. And she just simple things that every actor probably knows, but I had an, I had an awakening of just like Tony, everything you're seeing in this character, you have yourself. You know, the fact that the fact is I have been manipulative in my life. I've had times where I've been a player and I've had many times where I've been a douchebag. Mm. And the more that you see it in yourself, 
the more authenticity you'll bring to the character and you don't judge it. That's so funny. You know, and it's, it's, and, it, and it, it's also that thing of life. I think about people immediately. I can think of two people at the top of my head that I can't stand. Mm. Jason. And, and Jason, no. Jason Babin. <laughs> uh, uh, I heard the uh, podcast, uh, too, too, Yeah, And um, uh, I have a question. I am a listener and, um, <laughs> Ozark. Shout out to Josh Rubin, by the way, who did that impression. <laughs> but it's a <laughs> basic. That's his impression, basically. But it's um, it's um, the 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 things that I can think of, and it's not Jason because I love Jason. But it's I think love you if, too, buddy. I think there's this, you know, just somebody off the top of my head, and I can think there's like an entitlement. There's a there's just an arrogance or whatever. And the fact is, Tony, if you're honest with yourself, I've had moments of entitlement. I've had yeah. moments of arrogance. That's right. And it, it teaches me. You have to wh- get over the embarrassment. Like, this guy's angry. I'm going to look angry. It's yeah. like, you've been angry. But it's, and it's also that thing of, in life, if you really think about the people that irritate you, if you can realize that you uh, have it in yourself, yeah. you go to a place of compassion rather than judgment. That's right. And that's what you can do with characters. That's all of it. It's never bothering you because it's not in you. Yeah, it's always, it's always, it's always, and you, well, yeah, it's always, you can always find something. Yeah, love that. I have such a hard time. I had a harder time before I was as old as I am now. Um, I'm 40 now, but I mean, like, for the past couple of years, I've seen more of my shittiness. What did you do for your 40th? I had a wonderful time. I took LSD. <laughs> did you really? Yeah. And for d- the first time. Is that a patch you put on your tongue? I'm wearing it now. Yeah, it's like a nicotine <laughs> patch. It's on your arm. Because I remember in high school, there was this... Because you t- look like Krang right now. <laughs> Are you Krang? Because <laughs> I remember them talking about like stamps. And there was like you peel off a stamp yeah, I remember your hearing tongue or something like that. That's how they smuggle LSD is they put the tab behind the stamp and they mail you a letter. But the real, the real juice is behind that stamp. I think that's oh. how they used to deal it. But that's not how you did it. No. A friend of mine gave it to me, and then I took oh, it on my 40th. That sounds terrifying to me. Well, talk about losing control. I, I, to me, first of all, I, a, a little sidebar. It's like I don't. I, I used to be a little bit more like you need to do psychedelics to have a spiritual awakening because you will have like a very transrational experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it really is a practice in surrender. Like when people take something like that and they're like, oh boy, mm-hmm. um, it, it's a good crash course in going like, you need to say yes to some weird shit. Like it's in Michael Pollan's book where he's like, if you think you're going to die, die. If you think yeah. like a fish is going to eat you, let it eat you. Go in its stomach, let it shit you out. So you're saying... What, you mean while you're in this space? Yeah, it's all fake. Uh-huh. You're like... But in the moment you don't, think it's fake correct i think you probably i've never had that vivid of an experience i've never taken i think people that are having those experiences are taking huge doses i think Uh i've never had anything where i'm like there's a man there's a man in the room it's slender man i see slender man i've always been like wow if i stare at that lamp for 10 minutes it looks a lot like slender man and he's telling me secrets uh-huh. like you have yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. but you have that on weed weed is a very mild hallucinogen and those things that you might have where you're kind of like that flower has a personality yeah. that's 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 like a hallucination it was experience. so obvious when somebody would would talk about pot and i would say no, no i don't i don't do pot and they'd be like the fact that you said you don't do, do pot, pot. tells me something yeah but i was i've always been an asthmatic and i've always it's more i have a terror of smoking oh you, know? you can eat it I can, and I've I've done the um, sativa to help uh, sleep sometimes. I think you mean indica? Indica, yes. And <laughs> I 
Uh, and I, but I remember going to this party once, and there was a huge, uh, uh, what I thought was a candy bar, oh, like no. a wedding candy bar. Oh, no. I was seconds away from just digging into like what oh, I thought was no. M&M's. By the grace of God, somebody was like, those are edibles. I would. I mean, I would have you completely <laughs> asked myself Just a whole Hershey cup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no! I mean a Reese's cup. Uh, we're almost out of time, and I hate that because I was going to say, but comedy, improv, give me quick answers. Sure. Comedy. Uh, greatest lesson. Oh, greatest lesson about comedy? Honesty. Improv. Um, uh, you can say listening. Well, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say listening. I, Matt Walsh, through being on Veep, has taught me such a massive lesson of, yeah. I think, a uh, quick thing of years ago, being on Arrested Development, improv it was a huge deal. I was not trained in improv. I was did more sketch comedy in New York. So I had a lot of anxiety of like doing improv right. And mm. having worked so many years with Matt, just that sense of just, He's great. just an organic response um, even even a questioning response of him of somebody coming up to him and saying, um, "There's a there's a gorilla standing next to you," and I always I always had this thing of like come up with something funny and like say yes, right. and, that's top, my mother-in-law. Yeah, top, but he was just like, "Well, that sounds dangerous," you know, or some just like a right. a, a, a an honest agreement respo- agreement and an honest response. And I just I'm I'm so thankful having watched that for that many that's years. So true. That is that is a great great improv answer we'll skip marriage and parenting and presence um because we didn't talk much about god we talked a little bit throughout but what is a great lesson you've learned about god as a spiritual fella um um, i oh man that's such a heavy answer but i question um i just knowing that he is uh sees a bigger picture and is with me um and that's my story and my journey um, is incredibly comforting to me. Um, and somebody said to me once, um, well, don't you see it as a crutch? And I, I thought about it and I was like, you know what? Maybe, but give me two crutches sometimes because life is shitty sometimes, you know, and it's, it's a... <laughs> Whatever gets you through the night. What a, well, it's that, but it's also... Um, our society is so about independence and there's some... Which is good, but there's something about what's wrong with healthy dependence of someone who really loves you and cares for you and God sees me and is with me and, and walking through life with me, you know, that's, there's a lot of power to that. Mm. Yeah. That's beautiful. What time is it now? Okay. We have five minutes. Kidding. You're just so good at what you do, Pete. No. You really are. It's been edifying for me, and that's a church word, but I'm using it. And you're wearing a color that is like a... Yeah. It looks... It's like a yummy color. It's like wine you'd send back. But it's a star, it's a Starburst color, and it makes me want to have sugar. Oh, it is. It's like a, a more intense strawberry. Mm-hmm. What? Okay. I'm going to ask it in a way I've never asked before. You're laughing. It's you. You're laughing. Mm-hmm. Tears are streaming down your face. Mm-hmm. Your face hurts. Your belly hurts. Mm-hmm. Where are you? <laughs> who's who's with you? Um, How old are you? Um, what just happened? There is. I know. The, I know. I can picture it immediately. My friends, Dusty Brown and Greg Bratman. And, if you don't want to tell us their real names, you don't have to oh, make no, I up will. fake names. <laughs> no, I really am. Dusty Brown. I'm just Oh, kidding. yeah, that's right. That's his, his name really is Dusty Brown. DB. And Greg Bratman and my wife were sitting around a fire pit. And Greg Bratman, just the way he is so crass 
and just in dusty they say stuff and it just it it's the kind of laughing where you actually think i'm gonna hurt i'm hurting myself <laughs> and man that is so it's just such focused release where mm. you're just like i am right here and i'm laughing so hard and i just love it i also really laugh when people <laughs> go through haunted houses and those videos and they just get scared oh shitless I, it, I would never go through them because i don't like being surprised yes but my gosh, it makes me laugh so hard. And just screaming and just jump. It just makes me laugh. <laughs> oh, I just love it. If if it's like, if they're not trying to perform for the camera, yeah. but it's genuine, just yeah. just just shock. Something I, real. God, it makes me laugh. I went through a haunted house and, and they kept scaring us. And the way that I protected and defended against the horror was I'd go, wow, you're very good at your job. That was excellent. <laughs> excellent timing. Wow, that's good makeup. <laughs> right? Yeah, I had to depersonalize. Do you like horror movies? No. I don't I don't either. Because yeah. there's why why are we sitting in a room being afraid when there's so much when I have to fight against fear in my life, why am I trying to bring yeah. more of it into my life? Yeah. Uh, the last horror movie I saw was Nightmare on Elm Street. You picked a doozy. And it I don't uh, need a terrified girl in me. a body bag next to me in class. And I don't need a guy in my dreams. Yeah, I know. Sleep isn't an escape anymore. Yeah, you know it yeah. scared the oh, wow. shit out that was of me. A, I was. I'm so tired from being terrified. I'm gonna. Oh no! <laughs> what a I tactic! Hated, I hated Nightmare on Elm mm, Street. The worst. I still do. And if you watch Stranger Things, they sort of do a nod to it, where they're like, the way you defeat Freddy was standing up to him. You'd have oh, to go like, I'm not right. afraid. And uh, they do that on Stranger Things, where the guy's like, tell him you're not afraid. Like if you see it, tell him you're not afraid, and he does, and it still gets him, and you're like. Oh, now I'm triple fucked. Triple fucked. And just since you said Stranger Training Things, I did see the first episodes. And I, I want, I'm saying that because I'll tell you what scared the shit out of me. It wasn't the supernatural. It was the supernatural stuff. But the fact that a woman's child is taken by a demon yeah. and is she can hear it screaming through yeah. the walls. It's that is, yeah. that hits a thing. Uh, having a child. When you have like, a kid, everything's over. Forget about it. That sound, that is awful. I That's had a joke about awful. it. I was like, people are like, you should uh, go out to dinner before your baby's born. They should have said, uh, watch Handmaid's Tale before your baby's born. I, I watched that above, over my wife's shoulder, her watching, because I won't watch it. It's too heavy. Handmaid's? Yeah. I couldn't even hear the sound, but there was a scene where Elizabeth Moss is in the car and the really evil woman, I think Yvonne, is going to pick up Elizabeth's daughter. And she's watching out the window, her daughter playing with another mother. And I, was, I couldn't even hear anything. And I was like, I can't watch. That's, yeah. uh, that's just awful. No me gusta. That was a show that I couldn't keep watching because it was too dark of a place for me. Well, I, I'm more of a Bob's Burgers guy. Me, and even the fact that you're going too dark of a... Yeah, no. it is dark. No, it's it's too like, dark. that's intense. But I'm afraid people are going to be like, oh, because it's a woman show? It's heavy. It's children. I can't being watch like, Children of Men either, and that's a male lead. Well, there's a. I, I could. I can't watch Homeland. You know. I mean, it's like all that. No, I know. It's that stuff's happening. I was somewhere. listening to Richie Roar today, and he was like, "We're so. It's so much easier to focus on the negative, and there is there's science behind that. Like when you read a negative comment on Twitter or something, it sticks with you mm -hmm. way longer than a positive one. So our oh, brains yeah. are like yeah. built for that. Mm -hmm. And he's like, it's way easier to focus on death than it is to focus on resurrection. That's really, yeah. yet we're surrounded by evidence of a, a regenerating and, and redeeming mm -hmm. universe. And my default is when is the next shoe going to drop? You know, it's when's the other shoe going to drop? Yeah. You know, it's just like what's around the corner rather than just be like right here, right here. Yeah, I have that too. Val and I were walking up from brunch. As you pointed out, we live in a neighborhood where you can walk. Mm -hmm. We went to brunch and I was like, this is perfect. And oh. then you have that little thought where you go, 
Are you going to look back on this? Are you going to... It's the voice from Birdman. Are you going to look back on this, Reina? What's his name? Reagan? Reagan? Yeah. When you were Birdman. And now what are you? You ain't shit. Uh, we should have done that sequel. That sounds like such an intense voice. That's the Birdman voice. Have you seen Birdman? No. Oh, I have seen Birdman. Yeah, and that's line when when I'm uh, Emma Stone is screaming and saying, "You're not relevant anymore." Yep. Which was an intense line. But I love that you have stand up to constantly yes. bring it up and use it and stuff like that. I don't know what actors do. Yeah. That sounds judgy, but I'm just like, I'm so grateful that I can swing out. I have a set tonight. I'll swing out. I'll be gone for 90 minutes. Mm. Swing out. Mm. Set. I come home. I feel fed. I feel like I went yeah. in the woods, killed a deer, ate it, mm. resurrected it, became friends with it, smoked a cigarette with it, <laughs> and then came back home. And I was a- like, you look renewed. Not as a plug, but this sounds like a plug. One of the biggest gifts I've had is working on this cartoon. I did this children's book years ago, and it became a cartoon. And it's about this chicken named Archibald who sees he sees <laughs> the beans. best in everyone, the best in every situation. He makes a lot of mistakes, but he goes with them. He is full of joy. It gives me so much life. It's very simple truths. Yeah. I just get so fed from working with this little guy all the time. That makes me so happy. Mm. I'm glad you have that. And you have enough work. It was really hard to book you on this podcast. They're like, Tony's in the Star Wars reboot. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Yeah, Tony's he's Luke Skywalker. Sidekick. And then Tony's... Why is be- that sword flaming? <laughs> That's dangerous. You need to put that away. I would be using the force more often. Yes, yeah, exactly. it does it drain you? Because I'd be using that shit all the time. What do you need time. to talk about? <laughs> you know you're going to be a bad guy if they name you Darth anything. Exactly. First of all, let's break down your childhood trauma. <laughs> let's just sit for a minute. That is some heavy stuff when you break it down. Which part? The whole Star Wars situation. It's heavy. The, yeah, the sun and all that stuff. And you have a phone call. I, I feel, yeah, I feel like such a no. Sure. I don't even. It literally just. I'm going to show you my. It literally says hold call, and I don't. You're a biz. You're a biz. You're not a businessman. You're a business man. <laughs> Jason Z. Uh, all right, Tony. What a delight you were. What a gift. What a gift this was. And you have a ring. We that is um, like a steel gray gun metal. metal. It's, is it gun metal? I believe some people call it gun metal. I call it gun control metal. Oh, nice. I think we should have mental health checks before people get married. Yeah. <laughs> JK. No, I like it. I like your ring. Oh, thanks, man. Judd saw it. Apatow and was like, it's too big. Yeah. But way to, way to start off the, a conversation with encouragement. You can see the styles <laughs> change. Everyone's just doing what everybody did. Yeah. Men his age have thin rings. Kumail and I almost have the exact same girth of ring. Now it's like every, uh, there's the uh, uh, rubber rings. Like there's a lot of like those yeah, kind of the Fallon rings. Yeah. Oh, remember Fallon it? jammed his finger? Oh, I didn't really Fallon, see that one. Yeah, and he broke his finger. So now people wear the rubber rings. I almost lost this one. I wear a rubber cock ring. Let's get into that. <laughs> you almost lost it? Let's button up the episode with that. I feel like you need to say, keep it crispy. That's how we end. Keep it crispy. Does Forky have a voice? He does have a voice. Do you want to say it as Forky? It's up to you. It's, it's a, just for fun. Always made for soup. He'd always go, keep it crispy. Let's keep it crispy. <laughs> That's what you'd say. So it's a little more wispy of a crispy. Yeah. 
He was like, hey, come on, let's keep it crispy. <laughs> he's a little Brooklyn y? He's a little Brooklyn y. Hey, I'm a fork over I'm here. Fork. Come on. I'm forking but he's like, you guys are calling you guys are calling me fork and I'm a spork. Is he a spork? He's a spork. But but the little girl who made him only knew forks, so she called him forky, but he's a, that's a part of his existential crisis. He's like, I'm a spork, guys. Why are you calling me a fork? Oh my god. It's very sweet. And what's sweet is he thought his only route was like help people eat meat, ch- eat chili and go to the trash. And Woody comes along. And he's like, you have a greater purpose than that. You have greater value. Oh, my God. Uh-oh. This is ringing. It's ringing. They're going to get it. Get it, Tone. No, I just want to make. Anthony, wanna... you've said keep it crispy. We're out. Oh, yeah. This is cool. Hold on. Can we pause a minute? No, we're done. Oh. This is definitely. This is staying in. When you see the agent's name, you're always like, mm. that's funny. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you, Tony Hale. Thank you. I'm sorry that I have to immediately go. I feel like that's my fault that you feel that way because no. I kept bringing it up. Nope. That's the, that's the people pleasing in you. And we're going to call that what it is. Get your Codependency, go to hell. <laughs> Codependency, go to hell. The new book by Tony Hale. <laughs> Sorry, Archibald the Chicken. All right. And goodbye. Goodbye. I'm so crispy, I'm so crispy, my ice cream make you haters wanna get